and welcome to this week's bonus podcast with me, Michael. And me, Gemma. And this week we have got a discussion on famous people on Coronation Street. I, I hear that Corrie does have some famous people in. I heard that a lot of the people in it are famous because they're on Coronation Street. Yeah, we're not talking about that kind of famous people today. We thought we were, we're going to be looking today at... Um, Famous faces, not usually in Corrie, who've made little cameo appearances and stuff, and uh, just kind of what we think about when Corrie does that, when they get their celebrity sign-ins for a little stint or a, or a, or a guest appearance or, or a longer, you know? And, and this was inspired by, obviously, um, we're just recording this a few days after King Charles's coronation, and uh, he was actually the one and only Coronation Street cast member to ever become a monarch. So I think that's, <laughs> that's quite good of him, really. He made an appearance back in uh, 2000 and, you know, it's, it was obviously gave him the boost that he needed to become the head of state. Exactly. William Roach next, I think, is all I can say there. So, yeah, we are... Um, I just wanted to start off by thinking, what, what do you think about having famous folks on Corrie and, and saying, hey, look, everybody, so-and-so is going to be in an episode next week or for a period. Does it, do you like it? Does it bother you? Does it take you out of it? There's definitely two types of celebrities that appear on Corrie. There are people that are already actors and there are people who are famous for something else, you know? So yeah. um, if somebody's like a highly, highly lauded actor... Um, so, spoiler alert, for example. <laughs> what are you laughing about? No, there's no spoiler alert for saying we're about to talk about soon. You're talking yeah. about like Ian McKellen or yeah, someone like that. McKellen. You don't mind that. Um, no, no, no. It's a different kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. They, they're usually not as taxing when it's somebody who isn't, isn't an actor. Yeah. Um, so, it's difficult for me because sometimes if somebody's too famous, it makes you think, oh... Yeah, this isn't real, is it? That's exactly what I was thinking. And soaps really thrive on the fact that they're supposed to be real. And I know, I know with what's going on on soaps at the moment, it's not exactly the same as what happens just down outside your front door. Hopefully not anyway. But <laughs> it is supposed to represent real life. And, and people, I guess, are supposed to consider the soap characters as real people in a way. Not yeah. They're not talking like, you know, back in the day when a soap character went in hospital and then Granada TV was flooded with flowers and anything. But it, it still feels to me like soaps are of a different ilk than, say, the usual, you know, 9pm ITV drama where, of course, any, you know, big name actor or actress can appear in it. And... Yeah, it, it can take you out of it a little bit. I mean, I, I was having a look at what some other people thought about this online and um, Stephen Murphy, who um, used to edit Inside Soap, he came on the podcast the other year, um, he had this to say about it. Soaps are supposed to be the closest thing we get to real life and a famous face can take away our belief in the programme. And that really ties into what I was saying a little bit. That's why I kind of like it when there's a, a cameo whether if they're going to be on it, they're themselves. I'd much prefer that than like, oh, look, it's Lorraine Kelly, mm. but she's actually playing, you know, Ina Sharple's long lost grand niece. Yeah, there is a kind of, there is an element of suspension of disbelief when we're supposed to say, oh, look, you know, Sir Ian McKellen, I'll pretend I don't know that no, and think he is a con, con artist. Or, or Can I just say that with Sir Ian McKellen, because he, he's such a fantastic actor, I think that... He overcame that. That is actually quite true. It, it's it was... the same with Maureen Lippman, because I would say yeah. she's a similar level of fame in this country. I wouldn't say, you know, she, uh, she's not as prestigious, perhaps, you know. No. You're not in she... Hollywood movies, no. but she's certainly incredibly well known. But, I can just imagine Maureen Lippman, while Evelyn, standing there on the bridge with her, with her rolling pin going, none shall pass. 
<laughs> That's a Gandalf quote, isn't it? I... Yes, exactly. Yes, I know something about Lord of the Rings. I'm not just a curry nerd. Um, yeah, I, I, I get, I get it. But I suppose when, if you've got a, let's say less than stellar celebrity casting, and they really show themselves up to be like, you're not doing such a great job of this, then that really, really can take you out of it. And I'm sure we'll, we'll cover some of those as well. Um, even like, for, so for we'll, we'll be looking at long term celebrity appearances like Maureen Littman for example we'll be looking at cameos we'll be seeing uh, how, what counts as a cameo is it just a little walk-in part or are we talking about something that lasts for an episode or a couple of episodes before they go I and mean, I was thinking you know the other thing recently on Coronation Street that kind of sparked me into wanting to do this this week is you've had you got Ruthie Henshaw who plays Estelle and um, a big hoo-ha was made out of her joining the, the, the cast um, a month or so ago. And, yeah, I didn't know who she was. Now, that doesn't that's not saying much because not, I've not got a brilliant list of celebrities in my head. Um, but also, she was only in it really briefly, wasn't she? How did, I mean, had you... Does that you... count as a, as a celebrity cameo? Well, like, exactly, I don't know. Yeah, that's they, what you're trying to well, ask. Yeah, when, when it was announced that she was going to be in it, they had, they had the photo shoot with her and Jodie Prenger. They had, look everybody, look who we've got. It's, it's Ruthie Henshaw. And then probably lots of people... Went, yeah. Who, are, who are, are not just, you know, watch one or two programmes and that's it. We're like, oh... It's her. She's been on the West End for 30 years. She was in I'm a Celebrity a couple of years ago. Oh, that's kind of nice. Here's another question. Do you think that on the whole, Coronation Street tends to mostly cast people who are not well-known actors or actresses or are only the main known parts. as working previously in soap? Or, so, uh, or I'm not genre. not watching other soaps. It's difficult to say exactly. I mean, I think they've all got a fair share of characters that have been really big and well known for something else. Like you know, Craig Charles being cast as Lloyd Mullaney. Well, what I'm thinking of. But then in EastEnders, you had you know Barbara Windsor who was yeah. cast as uh, what's her face, well, Peggy Mitchell. I would imagine to Barbara um, Maureen Lipman. Yes, exactly. So, so you know, what I'm thinking of is there are loads and loads of actors who are. Seemingly in everything, mm. but they're not in soaps. So yeah. I guess I guess it's that snobbery of um, it's not just the actors themselves, but they're they're scared of being typecast. Yes, or I like agree. restricted, mm. um, and so they don't want they don't want to go into working on soaps for for whatever reason. Mm. Mm. But I think that some people are kind of breaking that down a little bit. Yes, for, I would think so. Uh, like it's, it's... you know Sarah Lancashire, I would even say Danny Dyer, uh, yeah. kind of. Yeah, I mean, pushing themselves in. Th there are definitely certain actors who have come out of Coronation Street, EastEnders, maybe Emmerdale. I'm not sure who have gone on to do huge things and made people say, "Oh, look, you know, soap." Can... Maybe soaps aren't that bad. But then equally, other people who have got that frame of mind might say, "Oh, they've they've gone on to bigger and better things, and they were far too good for Coronation Street as well." I think that's more like what people think. Yeah. So, so with with Ruthie Henshaw, for me. Uh, watching her a couple of weeks ago, because I had no clue who she was when she came in singing down the street as East, uh, as Estelle, I was like, okay, this is just this is just another character. This Here's could be literally anybody. So f that didn't take me out of the experience at all. I wonder whether it did for other people. Talking of um, Glenda, Jodie Prenger was also 
relatively well known, wasn't she? I really had no idea how famous she was until I looked into her a bit more recently. Because mm. when she was cast, I obviously was listening to what you were saying about, oh, she was in this, she was in that. But I genuinely thought she was only famous from doing I'll Do Anything, which she's not. She was famous before then. Mm, mm. And um, oh, similarly, you got your Tony Maudsley. Yeah. Now, now, he's an example of what I was talking about with somebody who has been in, been in other things mm. and, and sort of a fairly prominent person. Yeah, I but, mean... But is it easier to go from comedy to soaps? I wonder. Than it and, is to go from drama to soaps. And if you do, do you get kind of typecast or is there the expectation you will play a comedy character and I know George in is Coronation Street is he, he, he is a bit I think he's certainly there to deliver some kind of light relief but he's in no way as um, outrageously obviously comedic as Kenneth was in Benidorm so it was funny for us having you know, we, we we knew George for a couple of years before we even started watching Benidorm recently. But I wonder, for current Curry watchers, how hard is it to remove that idea of, of Tony, Tony Morsley's previous character that he had played for 10 years? Yeah. And and, and partly it does depend on, you know, the, the quality of the actor. I'm, I'm going back to Craig Charles again playing um, Lloyd. Now, Red Dwarf, I was absolutely obsessed with when I was uh, when I was a teenager and when he got cast on Coronation Street I think I must have thought what he can't he, that's that's Lister off Red Dwarf he can't, I'm never going to be able to see him as as a Coronation Street character but I absolutely did he totally won me over and I think this is what we get with Tony Morsley as well to be honest because um the role is fairly actually no Lloyd wasn't that far away from Lister to be honest but because he was a, a really decent actor as well um that helped me to forget, and I suppose, you know, how long was he in the show? Six, seven, eight, nine years, I've lost count. After a while, you are going to start to accept it more or forget your, your previous misgivings, aren't you? Um, so let's, let's, we will come to some of these again later. Um, we're going to just run down kind of different types of famous person and different types of celebrity cameo appearances, and I thought it quite could be quite fun, as we have just said, um, King Charles was on Coronation Street in uh, in two thousand. Um, we'll we'll look at characters. Oh, sorry, we'll look at actors who came onto the show, playing themselves in a role. And this is what you said you quite liked, didn't you? Yep, exactly. I don't like people pretending on my television. <laughs> I find it disconcerting. Well, unsurprisingly, there's only been a couple of um, famous faces that have appeared, at least in speaking roles, playing themselves. I mean, Charles didn't even have anything to say when he was on it. But the well, early... hang on, can we just clarify the appearance? We always say this, but the appearance was actually him in a news... It was like him on the screen. Yes. So yeah, they he... were watching television and he was on the television and, and on the television he was meeting Sue Nichols and Sue Nichols was um, not in character when she met him but it was portrayed as such on the show in, yeah. as that Audrey was meeting yeah. King Charles. So it's not the same then as Prince because Prince I think it was just last year. Prince well, Charles, <laughs> Prince William. He was Prince William and now he's King Charles. Um, I, I think last year it was that um, Charles and Camilla went on EastEnders, didn't they? And I think they had actually Did they roles. actually go on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had roles. There's there a scene <sighs> with them meeting um, Mick and that. So it, it wasn't, it literally, it wasn't like that. You're, you're right. It was footage of him and Sue Nichols shot earlier that day, which was then inserted into the live episode that evening. And it had 
Um, Natalie, I'm going to say, watching it. Maybe Violet, I can't remember. So it, it kind of counts as a Coronation Street it appearance. Does, it I'm counts. counting it anyyway. He's he's got, got, got there first. Anyway. Page. Well, that's that's all so you need, isn't it? If you've got your own Coropedia page, mm. you, you made it. So the first famous person that I could find um, having a part on Coronation Street playing themselves. Um, in, in any notable way was Bernard Manning, <laughs> the famous stand-up comedian who made an appearance on the Cobbles in 1971. Yeah, I don't know how famous Bernard Manning is outside of the UK, but he was a very popular sort of working class northern yeah. stand-up comic. He would, you know, observe, make silly... He Wasn't he famous for mother-in-law jokes? Probably. I don't know it much about I don't think I've really seen him very much. No, I don't I mean, think that any Comedian from was... the 70s, you can probably guess the type of material that made up well, the bulk of, a, of any comedian set at that time. Anyway, so he makes an appearance in Coronation Street at an RNLI ball um, and Annie Walker goes to, along with, um, I think, Nellie Harvey and some of the other... Um, uh, landlords and landladies and uh, and other other people and he's just there doing a stand-up gig so he's playing himself on the stage and and everyone's watching and then Annie kind of walks in and I think it, reading the scene when I was watching it the other day she kind of she looks there and I don't think she finds it that funny but then she sees other people laughing and she's like oh I need to be like them and then she kind of laughs along as well so I, I don't, let, let me try these jokes out okay. on your Gemma these Bernard Manning Coronation Street jokes let me see if I laugh Lancashire lad goes down the labour exchange and says is there any work in man says certainly what would you uh, what would you want to paint a hundred foot chimney he paint. says he says hundred foot brush don't spoil my punchline you said for to me. pay you said how much do you want oh, to pay so way you tell him isn't it that's why I'm not a stand up comic what would you want to what would paint? you want to paint a hundred foot chimney and he says hundred foot brush ha, ha, that ha, was ha, funny ha. but oh, just spoil it, you know just to lift the curtain on our lives here we did watch this um, About three or yesterday. four times to try and figure out what he was saying. It is another one. So it begins, Irishman. <laughs> I'm going, oh. Oh, oh. Irishman coming down the garden path with 16 dustbins under this arm, 16 dustbins under this arm, 12 dustbins on his head, 6 dustbins on his shoulder, 4 dustbins on the other shoulder. <laughs> and the foreman says, oh, it's marvellous you do that. How do you do that? And he says, it's easy. I just put my lips together and go... <laughs> So, That's quite funny, apart from the Irish. I don't bit. get why it needs to be an Irish. Well, you do know why it was supposed to be. Well, it, an unnecessary was, I think, addition. I don't think they. Ha- there were. It's interesting because this kind of joke. Usually, it's an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Scotsman, isn't yes. it? And the Englishman is always the clever one, <laughs> and then the Scotsman, and then the Irishman is the is the one who. It, the punchline is about. Yeah, he's the butt but of the joke. this is actually very regional and I didn't realise um, until quite late into my teens that there were different versions of this joke depending on where you live. Oh, really? Yeah, so in France they have a different kind of version. Oh, I see. I and see. I can't remember who's supposed to be the idiot mm. in that one. But um, yes, <laughs> it's not very, not very funny, is There's, it? There was also one other long-winded joke about a lunatic, apparently, being taken up the moors <laughs> by a woman who's got this really fancy car and then she's laying there on the grass, takes her knickers off and says, oh, you can have whatever you want. And he ends up taking the car and then he's telling this story to another lunatic and the other lunatic says, oh, that was a good idea. Our knickers might not have even fit you. 
So uh, Annie, Annie Walker was not amused by that. I mean... That is a little bit too up below the belt. The content is, is fine, but the, <laughs> the punch night, the, you know, the people that are being made fun of. Mm. I don't know any story behind why Bernard Manning in particular was chosen to be on this. Like, you know, was he just knocking about Granada Studios one day? Or was he a mega Curry fan and wanted to, to do a little set on it? I, don't I, don't, know, I, I really it. don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, he he's not very politically correct, but... No. We have to... I'm it. just telling you and what also, happened. But also, is it, you know, the thing is, it's quite funny. When they depicted Annie like not being amused, it wasn't because, I, I'm going to guess, because she was being progressive and saying, you shouldn't make fun of Irish people or lunatics. No, no, it was literally it the was, knickers it, it joke was, that she didn't it like. It was probably also because they're showing that she's out of touch with common people mm, and that she, she can enjoy herself and... Let yeah. her hair down. Yeah. I suppose this that type of cameo could work well at any point, couldn't it? Just having celebrities or presenters or whatever come in and, and doing a gig. I suppose the, the other thing about having these kind of cameos on Coronation Street and, and how, how believable they are is how, how often in real life do normal people see an actual celebrity doing something and well, it, it's not often but it's also not completely unknown so this kind of thing for me works fine enough i'm pretty sure if you ask any any person have you ever met a celebrity like in the wild they all have a story about one time when they met yeah. because you know bernard manning Annie deliberately went to an event where he's performing mm. So that's not the same thing. But there was a lot Viva Las Vegas spin-off. <laughs> yeah, so this had Joan Collins. This was on um, one of the DV... No, it must have been a VHS that came out in the, the late 90s. Was this, this maybe was a Russell T Davis written episode. And um, on the play... The, the story is that Jack and Vera, along with, I'm going to say, Maxine and Fiona, I think, go over to Las Vegas. And on the plane back... Joan Collins is there on the plane with her. Um, probably not the most realistic, but this was all supposed to be pl um, like a parody of an old advert where Joan Collins um, leans back on an aeroplane chair and spills drink over her. Well, in this particular final scene of the episode, I think Jack... No, it must be Vera leans back and gets drink all over her and then Joan Collins happens to be walking down the aisle and says, oh, don't worry, darling, it'll wash out. That, that, that kind of appearance doesn't bother me. It's a spin-off. It's clearly just done for a laugh. It's a parody of a, of a relatively famous advert at the time, so I, I don't. Well, mind also that. she shares a um a, a TV show in in common with Tony Maudsley because they were both on Benidorm. That is very true. Very, so, very true. And also, I'm just gonna say, Joan Collins appearing in something randomly. Not unheard of. <laughs> no, she did like she does like to show her face sometimes, doesn't she? Now another really really famous, probably the most famous, I'm gonna say, instance of it celebrities is... playing themselves on Coronation yeah, I'm Street say, right, yeah. is Status Quo back in 2005. So uh, do you want to remind well, us? How famous is Status Quo in I d I, other countries? I'm gonna say famous enough. Aging yeah. rockers, but certainly back in you know they were they were big bands. But well, they played uh, Live Aid. Uh, yeah. Um, a, so, a favourite of Les Battersby's. So, um, what, what what do you remember about? Did you enjoy Status Quo making an appearance? Uh, so their their most famous song is "Rocking All Over the World." So, yes. I have definitely I definitely know, I know that, that they I know are famous. 
I think they're pretty famous. Did you did you enjoy seeing them on Coronation Street? Did it feel natural to you? Because it it was a little bit of a farce. Well, the whole wedding wasn't it? But... This whole they were in three episodes in two thousand five. This is quite a protracted. Yeah. Like, can you call it a cameo? If I think they're this in is three episodes. I'm gonna still say yes, but especially as they were playing themselves. It's bizarre, really. I think it's fabulous, but it is quite an anomaly, really. So mm. they were in three episodes in two thousand and five. Francis Rossi has his neck in a brace because um, Les caused him an injury in, in the in the fictional world of Coronation Street. Back in the day. Um, years ago. He attacks Les and then because of this, he has to compensate him by agreeing to play at his and uh, Les's and Silla's wedding. So um, then they uh, it's, it's eat all, the it, buffet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all very rock and roll and it all goes a bit wrong. Yeah, but status quo, eat the buffet... Um, Les tells them to smash it all up, but actually yeah. they smash up all the presents. <laughs> then they feel sorry for him because he's marrying Scylla <laughs> and they pull him on stage and they all perform. Um, and I think this is great because, the, you know, Francis Rossi um, said, both Rick and I are lifelong fans of Carnage Street and so to be in the Rovers with the regulars is an ambition fulfilled. Mm. This is certainly stretching the limits of credulity that these people would you know show up they'd remember les they'd agree to play at his wedding but i didn't mind it because the whole wedding was just so completely out there and unrealistic wasn't it from this to you know you had your silla's 666 um curls on our forehead the whole thing about them smashing up the presents um everything the, the fake wedding getting married really quickly in the church with a fake vicar and then running off this was Corey's most outrageous now, wedding ever this, uh, Gemma's is coming up soon is, to try yeah, and rival it this is what I'm expecting of Gemma but with all the stuff hanging over everyone's head especially with Paul, Paul don't think we're I gonna I can't get... imagine it being quite as raucous and fun no as this so um, also Rick Parfit added uh, we never miss an episode down to our gigs beginning after 8.15 so we can see the show in our dressing rooms. Being in Coronation Street is like being part of British history. <laughs> I think if they did this sort of thing all the time, it'd start to really, really grate on me. Yeah, that's really true, but actually. It's it happened. It's fine. It also at the end of this, um, Candice, the, the hairdresser, went yeah. off to be their personal stylist, didn't she? And that's the last we've heard of Candice, as far as we know. She still is. Um, so yeah, th- this this is this has got to be a real, very, very rare. Um, thing to happen but I honestly didn't mind it and and it was and Les you know was a fan of the quo and he had and he'd been in the show um how long nearly 10 years or so at this point um nearly or eight years and and he'd been always going on about the quo so to, to get them feature it was just that was they don't really have that me. anymore do they what somebody sort of being a rabid fan of of a real life well I mean celebrity. they like to drop in who Mary fancies every now and again don't they that's true who's that that presenter yeah, guy Ben Shepherd is it is that yeah. his name she's got his and that's why isn't he even in it that's a bit weird and the thing with that is like oh he's an ITV presenter yeah. that an ITV character fancies but to have actual status quo that is pretty high status should I say um, now, just recently, we've also had another couple of fairly probably easy to get ITV Media City style celebrities on Coronation <laughs> Street. And I'd forgotten this first one. Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield made an appearance back in 2018 when Rosie Craig and Gemma went on this morning. Had you forgot? Do you remember yeah, that one? I think we'd all just put it to the back of our minds. That was we? that was weird. So Five that, years ago, today. that was after. 
that was that was part of Rosie's leaving story, I think, before Helen went off on um, maternity leave, and they'd been involved in some drugs bust. Do you remember? It was what Antoine was his name. He was smuggling cocaine through the factory or something. It was very odd. Can and, I um, say much better idea than um, with nipper snappers? <laughs> just, just trafficking drugs. <laughs> uh, well, that's like well, that's what they've been doing at the Bistro, isn't it? So you know. Oh. Get, get onto the uh, underworld. Get into it, I see. Yeah, so um, because they were able to bring down this international drugs tycoon, Phil and, um, and Holly invited Craig, Gemma and uh, Rosie onto the sofa on this morning, which, you know, morning daytime TV. Well, we, we, we saw the Corrie special last week. and um, I think I just remember this being very cringy. It, I think it was a bit cringy. Craig was there just completely dumbstruck and looking like he had, was didn't know what to say and he was about to burst into tears. Rosie was there. She was good, actually. Helen was great um, playing Rosie, kind of slinking in uh, with her sexy outfit and everything and just being her thick self. Uh, Rosie, that is. Um, and, and, and Gemma was there looking like an absolute dog's dinner, kind of frozen with stage fright. But I, it felt, it did, it felt like it was just a bit of a, you know, yeah, it just didn't, it feel, didn't real. feel real. It didn't. It didn't. And I don't. It and, felt and yes, people in real life do in get invited on these things. Self-indulgent. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. It it did. It didn't feel like a like it necessarily fit on Coronation Street to me. Um, similarly, I would say to Lorraine Kelly's appearance um, the following year in yeah. two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> that one is certainly more memorable. So it's got that going for it. Um, and it was, you know, fairly brief as well. So this was the Britain's Got Talent Week in 2019 when the Platts have gone to some outdoor camping place. and um, Centre parks. Yeah, that kind of thing. And Gail's there. I mean, this is maybe one of the reasons that I think is a bit silly. This was Gail at her buffoonish best or worst. Uh, and she's like, I think that's Lorraine Kelly. There's Lorraine Kelly. And then she kind of commandeers a, a pedalo and starts pedalling over the, the, the lake to go and find her when it's not actually her. Lorraine, we then see, is on the um, on the shore. And then obviously the, the main bit that people remember is Gail shooting Lorraine Kelly with an arrow during an archery session in the bum. In the thigh it was, wasn't it? But everyone think remembers in the bum. And Lorraine Kelly comes out of the tent going, Oh, you're daft way, woman! Um... I think it I don't is. mind that more because I don't know whether it's a so bad it's good or just, you know, oh, well, it was brief, it was short, it was kind of funny, let's not dwell on it. Well, what's your uh, lasting impression of that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that without comment, I think. I, I, don't, I don't need them to keep on doing that kind of celebrity appearance. I would, you know be perfectly happy to have no celebrity appearances. Well, my favourite ones are the ones that you don't actually even realise it's them until you get told. But it's, oh yeah, sort of blink and you miss them. Or just, yeah, so so we've got... Well, there's um, some of them that you can keep your eyes open and still miss them, to be fair. Yeah, so Cliff Richard was actually in, in Corrie in yeah. 1997... Yeah, he. Um, so how did that happen? Well, he he was a big Curry fan. He was one of the people that did the sixty for sixty. Yeah, um, along with you, Michael. A, along with me and Cliff, both contributed to Coronation Street's sixtieth yeah. anniversary online social media presence. It's true, um, but yeah, he was he'd been a big fan of Coronation Street since way back at the beginning. I mean, there's a funny story about Minnie Caldwell. Um, telling he's a lovely and chubby yeah saying he's a lovely chubby boy or something talking to Martha and Ina back in the 60s and then apparently Cliff saw them talking about him like this and then went on a bit of a slim down and actually, and he was like he th- in a way he kind of says oh thank you I looked at myself 
in well, some holiday know. or something. And but, I was a little bit chubby, I thought. But maybe this is why they don't mention celebrities yeah, so I don't because you don't want to give them <laughs> complexes. Or eating disorders, but no. Um, anyway, so he, in 1997, managed to wangle himself apart on Corrie and it was literally just a case of he came into the bar and he was standing there. Even if you watch the episode, though... And you can find on Corypedia for which episode it is. You can't even tell he's there. I've seen a couple of behind-the-scenes pictures of him standing at the bar. There's like a scene with Andy and Liz talking to each other, Andy and Liz McDonald, um, and Cliff is standing right next to them. It's like a publicity shot. But then in the actual episode himself, you can only see the back of his jacket and maybe the tiniest slither of his face. Although he is sporting a big beard at that time as well. And Cliff Richard is famously known for his clean-shaven look. So there, he was there. But unless you were told, there is no way anybody is going to look at him and say, Oh, look, there's Cliff Richard, famous um, Peter Pan songster from uh, from the 50s. Um I, with those ones, I kind of think, well, if it makes them happy, let them do it. I like but what's this. the point? I what do you mean, what's the point? I think it's great. It adds to the mythology of Coronation Street. And also, it does add to the kudos that, you know, I, I defend soap actors uh, viciously when people try to insinuate that perhaps they're not as talented or it's not as prestigious um, as other things, but there's definitely a, a cachet to having somebody like Cliff Richard mm. on your on your show, or you know, um, like we keep saying, oh, what's his face? I don't know. Super famous wizard man. <laughs> the yeah. Super famous Super wizard. Super famous man. wizard. Get that put on your um, your 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 cards. Uh, so Michael Crawford, who who played Mike, uh, Frank Spencer in Some Mothers Do Have Them, and he's also in Phantom of the Opera in the lead role, he orders a drink from Alec um, in the bar in 1998. Yes, um, he does actually get a speaking he a line. line. Yeah. He says, can I have a pint, please? This one, it was absolutely a blink-and-you-miss-it appearance. Um, you, you'd probably have to be told to notice. I, mean, I, I, How many people know who Michael Crawford looks like? I certainly wouldn't be able to pick really? him out of the crowd. Absolutely. I didn't even realise... Because I'd, I'd heard the name. I'm, I'm not, you know, big into musical theatre or anything like that. I, I saw the name and when I read about um, Phantom of the Opera, I was like, oh yeah, I think I remember him, that that name being associated with Phantom. But I didn't realise that he was um, Frank Spencer at all. He was a famously Again, kind of timid camp another 70s... Incredibly famous in the UK, but I'm not sure how well it translated... Some no, Mothers Do Have Them was basically a comedy of errors. I've never seen Some Mothers Do Have Them. My mother that's hates this programme because she hated the way... Frank. The joke was basically Frank Spencer was always trying to sort of be, you know, make himself small and unobtrusive, but he would wreck everything. Mm. It was kind of like Mr Bean, but with... With, with speaking. With, with, yeah. Apparently he'd auditioned for a part in Coronation Street way before his appearance in 1998, but he didn't get it. But they did, for some reason, say... Well, he, well, he, he was he, promoting his autobiography. Yeah, he was, he was around promoting Granada. his autobiography at Granada, right. And they said, well, do, do you want to come onto the set? And he, he was, was like, like yeah. yeah. And, he was all, and he was very pleased with himself because he, his character got Mike Baldwin to buy him a drink, apparently. So, um, nice yeah, that's, a, that's an absolutely blink and you'll miss it. Same with Peter Schmeichel, famous goalie I thought <laughs> of the 90s. I thought he was just dog named after him. <laughs> well, that's what he ended There's up being. There's more to it, I hear. There is more to it. Well, yeah, he, so he made a background appearance in 1999 and he was just walking down the street I don't know what Peter Schmeichel is he the one with the moustache 
No, I think he's just tall and lanky, isn't is he? I, I don't. I literally. You, I you are, he's really tall. I don't know, but uh, I mean, all, all of all of these episodes have recently appeared on ITV three, or at least in the last five years or so, and and I've watched them, and none of them I've kind of gone, oh look, there's so and so in the background, uh, and then we also the last one of these types of appearances. Uh, I don't know who he is. Then he he looks like that. Oh, he doesn't have a moustache. Well, sometimes he does. Sometimes, sometimes, he, sometimes he does. Sometimes, oh, who knows? Who knows? Um, so the last appearance of this type that I've been able to find anyway was Derek Jacobi, mega thesp, isn't he? He's um, he's had Baftas, he's had Olivia Awards, he's had Tony got a Tony Award, he's a so he got a CBE for services to theatre, um, and he appeared as an extra in the Bistro in two thousand and twelve. Um, and Derek Jacobi is amazing. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen him in many things. To Cad be, File. I, no, not seen it, but I can picture him in a little video cassette with Cad File written on top of him. Now you're right. He, for me, he was um, his most famous role for me was playing the um, the master in one episode of Doctor Who in series three back in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine or so, and he's the one that was like. He was Dr. Yana in that he didn't realise that he was the master and then he had his memories come back Spoilers. to him. And then, sorry for spoiling something that's nearly 20 years old. And then he morphs into... Can um, I suggest what's his, what's, what's the What's the fun master? The um, one that's on Life on Mars. You know what I mean? John Sims. Yeah, yeah, he morphs into John Sims. Sorry. Can I suggest you another bonus the, episode? What? Coronation Street and Doctor Who. I think we could easily get something out of that, to be honest. But anyway, so after after that, um, that he he said, "Oh, one of my ambitions since the sixties has been to uh-huh. take part in a Doctor Who. The other one is Coronation Street, so I've cracked Doctor Who now. I'm still waiting for Corrie. So um, yeah, so he he was the three years later. He finally did make an appearance in Corrie in the background. The only video footage that I could find with this was a really dodgy, grainy YouTube video, and I've been told that he's in that first scene of the episode, but I couldn't notice. This is too. Th- I- 2012, so it's not like it was years ago. No, it was just a, a bad quality one was uploaded. So when, we're going to have to wait a long time for this to be on classic. Yeah. <laughs> there may be well be other ones. I, I didn't look too hard, I'll admit it. So we've really, as far as I could tell, only had four or five mini celebrities just, you know, lending their aura to a Coronation Street well, scene gonna... without making any actual um, yeah. Yeah, you know, can argue here that... Um, uh, most of these were playing themselves or just playing nobody in particular that would even appear yeah. as as a character. But there have definitely been cameos where somebody has been hired to play a particular character so that Coronation Street can go, look at this. Yeah, just going back to We've that got... last one, sorry, I just That's wanted to say, if they just let anybody in to be a background character in the Rovers... I still feel like maybe we have the chance to do this, Gemma. I just want to walk down the street carrying a fresh goes bag or something. But even if that's, you know, too much, just let me be in the scene with somebody. Maybe see the back of my head. I'm not going bald there yet. It's okay. I'm really feeling like my skill of sitting down and drinking could be utilised to great effect. Yeah, I mean, you you don't like appearing on camera or anything, so no, you I could be it. yeah, but you could be in a Coronation Street no. scene, and part of it could be don't put me in the scene. No. I just want to feel that I'm there and have people no. say, I saw that. No, why not? I'd just in case you slipped into it or something. I don't know what you're talking about. We were we were there when Stephen dragged Leo's body. That's actually true. That we is very true. We were just round the corner when Stephen was dragging we were Leo's body the last camera. year. Can I just say? Yes. We were yes. we were standing behind the camera, which means 
actually, that scene was filmed from our perspective. <laughs> so we were the viewer. Yeah. We were representing the viewer. Okay, so that, that was actually pretty it. cool. But yeah, my, so my next step up from that is to like maybe have, you know, a foot in shot or, or maybe an elbow. Just to, just to say that's yeah, me. Yeah, no, but you won't stop there, will you? Because once you get that, then you'll be hungry for more and you'll want a line. <laughs> and then, then once you get your line, then you'll want to be a character. And then I once don't you've think been a once people saw me deliver one line, I don't think they're going to be hiring me back to Isn't say any more Isn't it funny how, that. like, I know that both of us would really screw up just doing something. Like, if you go, if we went to, like, say Starbucks, we were like, can, can I have a caramel macchiato? I could do that. But if I was, like, right, I need to ask Jenny for a, for a cider, I'd be like, Hello, may I have a cider, please? I know it's really, it's weird. It's I just the most natural thing to say. Convincingly, do it. I know, I know. Okay, so anyway, sorry, I interrupted been, you earlier. So Peter K appeared yeah. in two thousand and four as Eric Gartside. For me, so that was in two episodes. For me, I'm gonna double yeah, episode. and it was a double episode. For me, this is the pinnacle of Coronation Street celebrity casting. It was absolutely a, hey, look at us, we've got Peter Kay. There was no kind of, oh, it was just the man for the job. It was... What are you saying? It, it wasn't like, well, we wrote this part of only, uh, of Eric Gartside and then we were kind of cast our net far and wide and the you know the person that really got the, was the best okay. for the job we found was Peter Kay. I, I assume so that that... They wrote I am suggesting that the part was written for him and it absolutely fits him. I mean, it wouldn't even surprise me if Peter Kay was involved in writing the script for the episode well, because it know, was just absolutely brilliant. You say it, you say it fits him, but it, it, this isn't... Peter Kay is one of these comedic character actors, a bit like, say, can't think of any examples, um, Catherine <laughs> Tate. Yes. Where he's not a sketch comedian, is he? Is he? Um, I don't know. He's I don't a, know. He's he did, a, he did a, Phoenix Nights, didn't he? And I don't think that was a sketch a, show. That was a is he sitcom. A sta- he's a stand-up. He's mostly known for stand-up. Um, but he's, he can do characters. And yes. this was a, character, a comedic character. Yeah. And I think Peter Kay is also known for being just kind of nice and not rude and crude or, or anything like that in his, I have in his to admit, uh, sets. I don't... I've not seen anything with him in it. Inoffensive, and but not, funny. And not th- because I don't like Peter Kay. No, no, I, 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 I haven't, but I this have is what I hear about him. him. And, and the character that he played, Eric, was just brilliant. Also, just kind of nice, also funny. But I think his thing as well is oblivious. that he was completely oblivious and just putting his foot in it throughout the episode. So the story goes that... Um, Shelley was in between men at the time. Shelley Unwin, the, the the bar manager at um, the Rovers. Or was she? Yeah, I can't. I can't remember what she, she was, was at she that point. Um, and so she, Eric, plays a drayman who comes in and invites her out um, for, to dinner. And straight away in this first scene, he's talking. He, he meets Bev there, doesn't he? Um, Shelley's mum, and she and. Uh, I can't remember. Says something about, he says something oh, about, oh, you look like you could be sisters. And she says, oh, no. And he says, yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. You oh, yeah. Tell by that, the neck. That's right. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm far too old or something. He's like, oh, yeah, you couldn't tell. And she says, oh, you just need to look a bit closer. And he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. The, <laughs> the neck, that's the giveaway, isn't it? <laughs> Hilarious. Just putting his foot in it. And then he takes Shelley off to a restaurant and he's, he's just making a fuss about... You know, being put in the back of the restaurant uh, where where he, he says, oh, they always put like all the ugly people in the back of the restaurant. They like to have the, 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 the beautiful ones up by the window to try and get people in. Well, I tell you that you're better looking than all of these people. And just the way that he delivers the line is 
if I imagine that I was Shelley, I'd be like, oh, thanks for that. You just kind of... Well, he also, when she tells him that she was married to a bigamist, he says, you must have looked back and thought, how thick did I look? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, I did think that, I suppose, but I, I don't need telling her. Another great quote. Let's keep politics out of it tonight and religion. I Catholic... Never mind, don't want to know. Yeah. he's And then when the food comes, because it's some fancy restaurant, it's very kind of... What's it oh, called? It's, when fancy. it's just A little... Garnish. No, 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 no. What's it called when you have a food and it's just a tiny, minimal bit of food? Oak cuisine. Yeah, that, I was thinking that kind of thing. And it's got these little um, sage, sage leaves around the outside of, of something in the middle. And he was like, well, what's all this? There's hardly any food on here and there's leaves. Why is there leaves on this plate? Chef's left the door open again. <laughs> It's a so, bit like it was what so Frank good. Would, uh, not mm? Frank. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. I say, who am I oh, thinking Fred? of? Oh, Fred. Yeah, Fred. Maybe, He's maybe. A bit like but Fred. I think Fred would know that, and I like you don't know whether whether Eric's character was saying it just to try and be funny, or whether he really thought that leaves were blown onto it. I don't know. There was another great line where, well, leading on from that, where Shelley goes, "Oh, the food is well presented," and he's like, "I'm a sauce blue Peter." Wouldn't we eat that though, would you? Exactly, and then. For, for me, another brilliant, brilliant part of the episode is when he then takes Shelley back home to his mum. And I can't remember who it was that played her, but she was just like sitting there in her, in her dressing gown, wasn't she? And making all these pointed comments about Shelley making sort of um, saying she's not approving of her profession as a barmaid. Um, she's just a bit nutty, isn't she? And c- clearly Eric has just not quite cut the apron strings despite being this guy in his early 30s, I think. And uh, and Shelley's there saying, I-, I don't think we need to see each other again. And, and from the back room, his mum's calling out, has she gone yet? Make sure she's not f- stolen the phone money. And uh, and I think she like kisses him on the cheek and the, his like final shot is there just going, oh, putting his hand up to his <laughs> cheek, like saying, oh, I never wash it again see, kind see. of thing. This, that was so good. This is the difference between a character and a caricature. We've mentioned it many times before on the show, how a comedic character is very rarely fully, fully developed. And Yeah. With, with two episodes there, you needed you got all you needed to know about Eric Gartside. And I would almost say that if he were to be like a character for a week or two, it might just spoil it. You know, know. you you never know. It was just like banger after banger with his line. And I leave that thinking, yeah, I was left wanting more, but maybe I'm glad that we didn't get it. So for me, that is my absolute all time favourite Coronation Street um, cameo celebrity appearance kind of thing. And if you haven't watched it, even though I've just spoiled the whole thing for you, get onto onto YouTube and, and find it out. Interesting fact as well. Peter Kay had also appeared on Coronation Street in 2007 um, as a shop fitter. I don't remember this. This was after. Sorry. Um, I didn't mean 2007. I mean uh, 1997, okay. I think it was. Um, as a shop fitter. Um, so before... Was that before he was famous? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think he had many lines to say. Um, yeah, so I, I love him. But I think second is going to be, as we mentioned before, Sir Ian McKellen. So did you, did you enjoy him coming oh, on to the cobbles? He was great. I loved him. I really appreciated how seriously he took this role. Yeah. He didn't go, oh, I just want to... I want to come in and... Um, do a cameo and go. No, th- he, he wanted. I don't know. This what he wanted, this is probably but... the most well-rounded 
big celebrity appearance. It's Bec- a, it was a complete story. Yeah, it was. It lasted like three weeks. It, yeah. I mean, I suppose it's comparable to Maureen Lippman coming on in 2002 playing um, Lillian Spencer yeah. because she was also pretty well known. Uh, maybe not at Zuri McKellen's level, but she had, what, six, seven episodes in, out, did her thing, well-remembered. Um, but yeah, th- th- this was very much um, a well-developed character, um, Sirian McKellen's character, who played um, Lionel Hipkiss, a.k.a. Mel Hutchwright, because um, he, he was a bit of a con artist and he used a fake name. But apparently this was a story that was not necessarily created for him. I've got a quote here from Alison Sinclair, who's um, head of publicity at Corrie at the moment, and, and back, in the, back at the time she said, "'This isn't something where we say, "'Oh, who's available? Who can we get in next?' The part of Mel Hutchwright was created before we knew Sir Ian McKellen was available. But when the part was created, it was clear Sir, Ellen, Sir Ian <laughs> would be ideal. Now, this this wasn't like, oh, uh, Sir Ian McKellen's kind of star is fading and he's desperate for work. He's still incredibly famous. Mm. And 2005 was this only is, this is peak Lord of the Rings two era, years wasn't it? after the final Lord of the Rings film came out. Yeah, and then The Hobbit was still to come and stuff. Was he in The Hobbit? I've not, I've not seen it, I don't know. But yeah, th- you're absolutely right. So this was the probably the biggest... He was still a huge star. Yeah. Arguably bigger then than he is now mm. because I, of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and I think you're right, what you said earlier, that he made the part his own so well He's that so it almost excellent. was possible to forget this is Gandalf here. He's an this, excellent this performer. Yeah. And, and just like I feel like Maureen Lippman does, he didn't think of Coronation Street... Or it feels as though he didn't think of Coronation Street as like a silly little, you know, uh, throwaway part or no. something that he's not going to take seriously. Now, I, I truly believe he went into this with as much love and care and attention to the character that he was playing as he did something like Lord of the Rings. Yes. Because if you watch him, he's just magnificent. He doesn't phone it in. Mm. He gives it... All, all of his attention and it's a really great story. I'm trying to think. Oh, I, I've got this on the tip of my tongue and I'm probably going to remember it after we finish recording. But I was there's there's some other actors. Oh, it's it's a little bit like, you know, ah, Michael Caine in The Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> he no, it, he didn't go into that role mean? thinking, well, I'm just going to be on air with a bunch of Muppets. About, I'm yeah. going to ask about it. It's a Christmas film. Nice, easy paycheck for me. Thanks, Scrooge. Are Easy. Are you calling the cast of Coronation Street a bunch of Muppets? <laughs> I would, of course not. Um, but, but no, he, there's he, definitely he's a... He's spoken about how he took that role just as seriously yeah. as any other role. And by gum, you can tell. And I think this is just the same as Ian McKellen playing uh, Lionel Hipkiss. Yeah. So he, uh, his character is an author, isn't he? The, the yes. Weatherfield Book Club is reviewing, is reading different books. And, and they... Uh, one of his books, Hard Grinding, was was one of the things that they read. And so the, the author himself, Mel Hutchwright, turns up a few weeks later and uh, and sort of spends three weeks endearing himself to some people with various um, elements of success. He gets some free drinks. He, he he's tra- telling them that he's writing a new book, but he's got he's got yeah they're writers. like his muses, aren't they? Or... He's got writer's block, so he's struggling, but he needs their help. And he he stays with Emily. And he works in her front room where he's got a tape of like typewriting where yeah. he just sits around and does nothing. Yeah. Um. He 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 says I I need I need you guys to help me because I can't that my publisher wants some money so I can get this mm. book published so everyone donates to help out and uh, Ken's not buying it is he so he's no. very suspicious. 
in the end, he's proven right. And there's this great denouement scene where um, everybody kind of says to, to, to Mal to Lionel, whichever, I can't even remember which one was his real name. I think Lionel Hipkiss was his real name. Um, yes, we, we, we've rumbled you, this is who you are. And he just does this like scathing put down of each of them. Like re- like Ken talking about failure, you always wanted to be something more and now you're just a trolley pusher or, or whatever. And, and, it, and it was so brilliantly done. The whole, the whole theatricality um, that comes when you book Ian McKellen for something was just, pardon me, was just perfect for, um, for this role. And uh, it was so, so memorable. Um, again, I wouldn't want this kind of thing happening all the time, but that one for me was another absolute hit. Um, as was, next on my list, Andrew Sachs, who played Ramsey Clegg, for 27 episodes back in 2009. So I was kind of on the fence about, and this is where the lines gets blurred, isn't it? Is Andrew Sachs a celebrity guest appearance or is he just an actor who comes on to Corrie? What would you say? Andrew Sachs, I feel like, was a celebrity cameo. Now, he was most famous as playing for playing Manuel in Faulty Towers. He had, mm. he had done other things. He'd been in... He'd been in other things. And he'd had a bit of beef with Jonathan Ross. Well, this is what I'm just trying to get to, Michael. He, um, he, this was the year after he had uh, been pranked, um, if that's what you want to call it, by Jonathan Ross and uh, Russell Brand. Mm. And um, Radio hosts. They, they phoned him up and left voice messages on his, on his answer phone saying that they, that Brand had slept with, um, Andrew Sachs's granddaughter, and it, the whole thing was an enormous scandal. Mm, it, this was in the papers for a long time, so this was the year before he appeared. And I really think that Andrew Sachs, the, the nation kind of mm, really felt a great affection. There was a great outpouring of love for Andrew Sachs, yeah. not just because he had been had this pl- prank played on on him, but because people kind of rediscovered their affection for him in the as in the, Manuel. as Manuel. Mm. So so I think that this he was riding high on that kind of um, swelling of public yeah affection. And, and the role itself was very much a sympathetic role as well, wasn't it? It was absolutely heartbreaking what ended up happening. So so Ramsey's the character of Ramsey um, was Norris's long lost brother, wasn't he? who had, back in the war, um, been sent over to Australia to live um, by his mum. Was it that he was... um, Was it she was unmarried at the time or something? I can't remember. But he then turns back up in um, Manchester or wherever to meet her in 1960. And after not seeing her son for all this time, and and probably the shame and the guilt that came with, you know, sticking him on a plane or a boat or wherever to Australia, Mummy Cole ends up um, dying. And then... Um, Norris blames Ramsay for this and they're estranged for the next 40 years or so. So he comes back to the show to try and reconnect with Norris and he's just like the nicest guy, isn't he? He's not like overly sucky-uppy, martyrishly nice. He's just a gentle soul yeah. who who wants to make amends with his brother and of course Norris was a bit of an ass. Um and didn't want to know and Refused like still still holding a grudge he felt was his he didn't do anything wrong even did he no. ramsey ramsey no. was just a great andrew sachs um 
I'm glad he got to play this role because I feel as though he's he's really only famous for this and Forty Towers. Towers. Now I know he's done lots of other things, but these are by far the most prominent roles, mm. and it really demonstrated what a um, charismatic and sympathetic performer he was. Mm. So he played Ramsey in a way that broke your heart because he was, like you said, he was so gentle. Yeah, and, and Norris. I mean, Nor- Norris was generally a, a loved character, wasn't he? In a way, I know some people absolutely hated him because he was so mean-spirited. But, yeah, so but it was, it was absolutely in character for Norris to want to reject him. And, and Ramsey's trying so hard and he, oh. he, he has a little bit of a romance, doesn't he, with Emily? I know. And he tries to get um, a flat that he and Norris can stay together in and Mar- Norris is like, no, bog off back to Australia. Don't, don't want to know, I'm not interested. He goes off and then... The, the the sting in the tail is that he's had a brain tumour all this time and he dies on the plane on the en route to Australia and then there's such a such a good episode the next episode or a couple of episodes later I can't remember when the news gets back to Weatherfield and, and Norris is kind of shamed because well, of when he goes through the the trunk yeah when he gets Ramsey's trunk that had been travelling with him and he mm. realises how important rebuilding this relationship with his brother yeah. was to Ramsay and, and he realises what an arsehole yeah. he was and, and Emily lost out on a possible last chance of love and Emily's um, you know notoriously very Christian and forgiving but she even she had a tight lipped mm. word to say yeah and um, the, is it the last scene of the episode I think where the, the, Emily's listening to Waltzing Matilda you know, to tie in with the yeah. whole Australian theme of it and it was so so poignant. Po- really poignant really fantastic guest slot and the sort of thing that I would say oh yeah I mean I, I, I would forget I, I wouldn't say that I mean I've, I've never even seen Forty Towers believe it or not but I of well, course know terrible. who Manuel is and enough time has passed that I wasn't constantly thinking that's Manuel so although no, it counts I, as I'm a celebrity gonna, guest I, I don't know why they cast him for this but I will say I'm gonna find it very hard for anyone to to make me believe that he wouldn't have been cast as Ramsey Clegg had the, he not gained yeah. so much, um, you know, column inches because of what bloody mm. Jonathan, Jonathan Ross and, and, Ross and Russell Brand did the year before. Yeah. yeah. Couple of but, other... But, you know, in a sense, it's, it's sort of um, an unhappy uh, silver lining that, that we got Ramsey Clegg yeah. from yeah, and, 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 you know, Andrew Sachs died a few years ago, didn't he? So it was really nice that he, yeah, that he was able to get this beloved role. Just as I say, 27 episodes. Well. Oh, we yeah, don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> Noddy Holder. Yeah, so there's a couple of others, including Noddy Holder, um, famous shouter in Slade, um, yeah. making an appearance in one episode in 2000, the live episode. So, so what what was the song? Is it? I wish it. Could oh, be here it is, Merry Chris. He's the one that goes. It's Christmas. Is that the same one as I wish it could be Christmas? Every no, day? that's that's. I always the, get those. Wizard. Those two are the. To me, I love both of those songs, but they're very interchangeable in my mind. So yeah, Noddy Holder was in the 2000 live episode. He played Stan Potter, who is Ducky Ferguson's friend, 
who um, delivers a fake preservation order to the residents to help them save the cobbles from being yeah, tarmac. Yeah, this is, this is when the cobbles were being tarmac, wasn't it? And they, they think they can Peter get a preservation. This, this is Peter yep. coming back in the same episode, well, first episode played by Chris Gascoigne, I think. And um, yeah, Noddy Holder comes out of a car going, hey, I got this preservation order. And it, yeah, it is a fake one. And that is, you know, 100%. Look at us, we've got Noddy Holder. Bit of an odd choice because he is, you know, that is a beloved song, but it, it's, a, I'm going to say it's a bit of a gimmicky song, and that was probably a little bit of a gimmicky casting as well. But for a, an anniversary don't, episode, don't a live anniversary episode, don't really care about that one. Nope. Uh, it was fine. One that I really didn't enjoy um, was Norman Wisdom, who showed up playing a character called Ernie Crabb for an episode in 2001. And Norman Wisdom, um, very famous, well, back in the day, um, comedian, wasn't he? Um, he? As an 89-year-old coming onto Coronation Street, I have to say, not very funny. He, he was actually on, the, on my birthday episode, 2nd of July nine, uh, 2001, um, and, and he basically, the story is that Jack's got some exercise equipment. Vera's made him get some. And Jack's now trying to sell it off to someone else. And and his, and his um, Normal Wisdom's first scene is he's there in a, in like a vest and shorts and a, and a headband. And he kind of is huffing and puffing across the cobbles going up to number nine. And um, I can't remember, there's a cat, Audrey I think it is, is kind of watching him going, who's this weirdo? Um and then he goes into number nine, the door opens and he falls into the house because he wasn't looking at it. It's just, it was, wasn't very funny. Um, and the second scene is in the lounge of number nine and he's basically just wheezing away and laughing at how everything he says is funny, but it actually really, really wasn't. It was a, it was a really painfully not at all funny and... Well, in your I, opinion. I, I, I've seen other people have a similar opinion. I mean, Norman Wisdom means nothing to me. I have no well, kind of affection Well, can I say he's legendary? Him. I know he is, but personally, I have no affection for him. And I remember watching this on my birthday that year, thinking, this is, this is poor, but... And this and this is the sort of thing I was like, don't just get anybody in for an episode. But it was like, def- what do you mean, don't just get anybody in? I don't, I don't listen. I there's no way that you're the, the target audience for Norman Wisdom. No, he was a very particular style of kind of you know um, musical performer who comedy probably didn't click with you at all. I don't think I've ever seen anything he's if done. I would, I would, I would like anybody who is actually was a fan of Norman Wisdom to tell me whether this was funny to them because it wasn't for you. I know it wasn't. So it just, it it's just not surprising that you didn't work, find it didn't funny. Work. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Okay. Um, so I've, so that's kind of our definite list that I came up with. Of, and I just to, to say, oh, I don't remember watching it. I don't, I haven't seen it since. I no, you, so no, if that, if that was July 2001. It, no, that, so. that was like three months before we met. I've got no met. idea whether it was good. I will show it to you another time uh, later on and then you can judge for yourself. So those, that's my list of um, absolute 100% this is a celebrity casting. Um, look at us, everybody, we've got so-and-so. But then I've also come up with a few others that were like, was this a celebrity casting or was it just they've hired someone who happens to be well known? Like for example, um, Honor Blackman, for example, made um, a couple of appearances in two thousand and four. So she's well known for playing Pussy Galore in um, 
James Bond in Goldenfinger. She was in the Avengers. Goldfinger. Goldfinger, sorry. I was getting it confused with Goldmember. So why do you think this is different? Because this to me feels like... I don't it's think a, a cameo because on a black. I don't think you realise how famous Anna Blackman is. Oh, I know she was also in. A, she was in the Upper Hand. I remember watching her in that on the on ITV when well, I was growing up. Why do you put up. this in a different section then? Just because I think that she got the role as. It was, it, to me, it didn't feel like, hey, look at us, here's somebody doing a cameo. She was in five episodes, but it felt like the part really could have gone to anyone else. And I know that we've said that of, say, Sarin McKellen's part could have gone to someone else, but it, it it's not necessarily one that people remember and go, oh, remember when they got on a black one? I think she's, she's uh, she kind of goes alongside, say... Um, uh, Rula Lenska, for example, as being, yes, she's big before, but, yeah, it's not I'm, a... I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's fine. There's no, you know, hard and fast, no, this I is the cut-off point, is there? About, so it? she she played Rula Romanoff, who was an old friend of Rita's, who Norris ends up thinking um, she fancies him. She invites him to her house, um, but it turns out, and Rita as well, but it turns out it's a swingers party, and, um, and, and much uh, embarrassment is had from Norris and Rita, but I, I, I quite enjoyed her. I, I knew who she was. Honor Blackman is fabulous. Yeah. Um, June Whitfield. Again, she was in Absolutely Fabulous. Yeah, she, she played was... Mother in Absolutely Fabulous, didn't she? And also well known for the Sun Life Over 60s plan adverts if you if you watch certain satellite channels. But she she died a couple of years ago. She She's, uh, you know, she's in the Carry On films. Yeah. Um, she was in quite Terry and Jean. Yeah, so she came into Coronation Street in 2010 um, for three episodes, one one episode plus a double episode. Um, and, and basically she was just there to announce Blanche's death and she was also there at her funeral. Um, I think this worked really well. And um, a Curry spokesperson at the time said, we felt it fitting to have someone of June's calibre to be involved in Maggie's swan song. And I think that's right because Maggie Young who played Blanche was it was such a, a tragedy it was uh, her death we she was a real beloved character she's one of the most famous beloved um she, she was a character that at the time you know everybody loved Blanche and huge loss to the program and I think it was absolutely fitting to have a big name somebody like June Whitfield come on as as a cameo I suppose to to, to do her bit it could have been played by anybody, but to have June on it as a Curry character, I think that was that was quite cool. Do you remember? I know it was only a no, little. No, I really don't remember her being in it. No, I I haven't watched rewatched the scenes again since. Uh, if you're somebody to say, was June? What did June Whitfield play? I'd be like, oh yeah, she was the one that that did this. But I don't I don't remember much about her. It, it wasn't the part wasn't about her. It was a. You know, let's let's do this in tribute to Blanche and Maggie. But um, yeah, June June at the time said, "Oh, I admire them all. I don't. I think they have an amazing schedule, and I don't know how they do it. I only hope I don't let them down." Aww. Well, you you didn't. We just don't really remember much about it. Thirteen years later, June. But never mind. Um, do you remember Paddy McGuinness being in? And I actually, really, I really do. I think that this probably does count as a celebrity one that along the same lines as um, in McKellen and Peter Kay. I think. I think these all count because I That's honestly okay. think that these. I right here's here's my the way I work I work it out. If they use the name of the actor and they expect you to know who it is before they're cast, I think it's, it counts as a celebrity mm. because 
they expect you to, when they say, we've got Paddy McGuinness, they expect you to go, wow, Paddy McGuinness. They yeah, don't expect you to go, that's oh. That's true. That's true. I mean, but then you could also say that with, we've got Tony Maudsley. Yeah. But I don't think they want him to be a celebrity cast. That just happens to be, here's an actor that you almost certainly know because you're an ITV watcher. So Paddy McGuinness's character, I think, kind of just wound me up. He, I remember he, you having a great deal to say about it, yeah. I, it's, time has, you know, this was eight years ago. He he was a comedian. Is he well-loved? I don't know. I don't love him. He was the host of Take Me Out. Yeah, um, he, he's an actor. He was in Phoenix Nights alongside um, Peter Gay. Peter Kay. And um, he he was he was just kind of, his character was to irritate other characters. And he, and he did the same with me. So this was um, a load of characters, Tyrone... Um, I can't remember her house. Craig was there. Craig was there, that's right. They went on a camping trip, didn't they? Was Beth there? I think Beth must have gone. Yeah, Beth was there. Beth was there. And it was just a a funny little summer storyline throwaway thing. Because this this was... Kirk was there as well, wasn't he? And this is where they meet the Buddhist monk in the woods. Do you remember that? I do remember that. That was weird. I I feel like... My brain wants me to forget. Yeah. So Paddy McGuinness's character, Dougie, um, was just playing, you know, a Bear Grylls kind of survival expert type who was saying, oh, yeah, we need to get up at three o'clock and take a five mile trek in the dark and, and that kind of thing. And he, he just irritated people, really. Well, he had a daughter called Caitlin. Yes. Well, she was. That's and true. And she was in it longer than he was because he and you knew that he was never going to come back. And Caitlin refers to him a few times. and You're like, mm. they ain't getting Paddy McGuinness back. Yeah, because Caitlin ends up being a really sweet girlfriend for Craig, didn't she? I this really is... liked that relationship. Yeah, well, she was an artist and yeah. she made Craig. She she, here's how to tell if you're if you're if the character if the if it's a celebrity casting mm. or just an actor casting. If you go, they ain't getting him back for that. Mm. It's a celebrity casting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I, I I was really disappointed when Caitlin left. She only did about thirty episodes or so in total, but she had something really quite good there and, and nice, and, and they they bonded well and they had great chemistry. Her and Craig. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not seeing she, her. She ended up. Is character. she the painter of Maddie's mural? Around my. Oh, you might be right there. Possibly, Do I, I don't remember if it was her. Whether it was, whether it was. Um, well, I remember them getting involved in graffiti and. Yeah, she ends up just going to um, university. She feels she says that my I don't have strong enough feelings for you, Craig. But anyway, Paddy McGuinness. He, I, I'm sure some say? people, I'm sure some people loved him, but Give he just me wound me up. My quote from Paddy McGuinness is: "I absolutely loved it. I loved that character. And if something came around again, I'd definitely look at it. Maybe again as a short stint. So there we go. He said he'd be up for it." I, I just think that it's impossible not to compare that character to Peter Kay's character and, and and Paddy's character sadly come off a lot, lot, lot worse. Partly it's to do with, I guess, the, the characters that he was um, interacting with and did they... You know, Shelley alongside Eric were absolute gold for that episode, but to have him there with you know, Craig and Kirk and Beth, not the most popular of characters necessarily, it just all all turned into a bit of a mess. Speaking of which, um, are we are we allowed to talk about Sarah Harding? Oh. R.I.P. Sarah. Sarah Harding. Now, what, I, yeah. I absolutely and genuinely, honestly, 
really gutted and, and uh, about the fact that she passed away just a few years ago yes. at, at such a young age as well. I know. She, so she was um, um, more famously in Girls Aloud. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, Girls Aloud. And, and she uh, appeared in Coronation Street in 2015 as Joni, who was... She was uh, Robert's, uh, Robert's ex, girlfriend. Or go- ex and or what? No, she was, what? she was married because she was Joni Preston. Didn't she have an... A, a restaurant in Nottingham something like that I can't remember and and they hired her and I don't feel like they really it Mm. it didn't work very well I don't think she was a very great actress in this role absolutely not she was dreadful we've made no we haven't hidden what we thought of her performance but as the years have gone by I've really grown to appreciate her um, her like just willingness to give it a go and I think honestly if if somebody said to me do you want to be in Coronation Street I'd be like yeah Mm. worry about whether I can act later Joni as a character and Sarah Harding's performance playing her it has you know is is special to the podcast it's gone down in in, the, in, in conversation street history and we, we had the you know that the what we now call the bobbins awards was called the joni awards yeah. for a good three four years or so yeah, just named after how awful her performance a lot of was. affection for we really for really do um, but i would say that this is this was absolutely a stunt casting but i think it was probably in a time where girls allowed were on a bit of a break and some of the um, members of the band were saying we're trying to spread their wings and say well yeah. no, i can be an actress too i really also wonder whether this put a bit of a a pause on them hiring based on fame instead of on suitability for the role. There is no I would doubt. have thought it must have made them kind of think. Sarah Harding was incredibly talented and very beautiful, but she wasn't a talented actress. No. And and the sad thing is as well. And you who know. knows how, whether she would have been able to develop that talent if she'd give, been given enough time. Exactly. But chucking her into her first role, I don't even know if she was in anything before this as an I actress. Going, Do you want so. to be in a soap? And she's like, yeah, I wouldn't Prime mind a go. Time, yeah. Not really a good a millions good of viewers. fit. And 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 she kind of came away from it knowing that it hadn't gone so well as well. I mean, one quote I found from her said, "It's it's such an iconic show, an institution, and when you're going on as a short-term character, it's hard to get into your stride." That was yeah, a real tough gig for hard. me because it was like I was playing a part that wasn't a million miles away from the real me. And Corey shot at a very fast pace, and they literally threw me in at the deep end. In fact, my very first day on set was pretty much all screaming, crying, and slapping. Still, I enjoyed working with Kate Ford, who played uh-huh. Tracy. She's a lovely girl we ended up having a proper giggle together so she she had a nice time but it felt like it's a kind of chucker in the ocean sink or swim kind of situation and it 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 wasn't a good look for her it wasn't a good look for coronation street um it's one of those things where it surely makes gives you a greater appreciation for how hard the actors work and, and the fact that there is so much natural talent yeah, involved. absolutely. You well, like, just... you, like we were saying earlier, if, we, if they put us in there trying to order a drink, there's no way we'd uh, <laughs> to think, deliver the I symbolist think, of line well. I think I think most people kind of would, you know, fancy themselves as, as you know, if I was in this role, or what would I look like, or would I be able to do this? I look so easy. But I think that's the that's the gift of being an actor, is it? you make it look so mm. easy, yeah. but when you actually... Like, I, I dare you, if you think that you're a good actor, to record yourself <laughs> just reading a line out and see whether you know, are actually any good or not. Um, a couple of other little ones just to mention. We had James Fleet, um, most famous for playing Hugo in um, 
Vicar of Dibley. Wasn't he also in like Notting Hill or Four Weddings or something like that? Um, so he was he played a character called Robbie Sloan in 2010 in the in the climax of the Tony Gordon factory siege saga. Ended up getting shot by him. This didn't feel like they went. James Fleet's got to be in choreographed right in the role. No, this, this was like they, they need to do. They saved. needed a henchman. Yeah, this is our big. Um, yeah, and a 50th anniversary year, massive story, climax, Britain's Got Talent Week kind of thing. Let's just push the boat out a little bit more and, and get a big name on there. Um, I don't remember much about his character particularly, but I, I think I remember watching it and being able to forget that it's just Hugo from Corrie. So I think he did a pretty good no, job from, with that. From, uh, from Vicar Dibley. Dibley, sorry, yeah. Um, we had Bernard Cribbins playing Wally Bannister in 2003. Another really famous actor. I mean, for me, Wasn't Bernard... Doctor Who. Yeah, mm. for me, he playing um, Donna Noble's granddad in Doctor Who is the role that I'll always remember him for. But he's been in plenty of other things over the year. And, and so Wally Bannister was this kind of weird, lechy old man who dates Blanche for a bit in 2003. He's going to be coming on ITV three at some point in the next year or two and then he kind of comes on to tracy and there's just this weird story where was tracy that the necklace thing um what was there was there a necklace no that was the ima- no no you think it was something else? no yeah so he it's just kind of a bit weird and tracy thinks that this guy is mega rich because he takes her back to this mansion kind of place and so she's like yeah i'll date her octogenarian um if it means that i can get this high life but then kind of the the sting in the tale is that he's actually just the 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 gardener gardener or something there and he's married as well i pride myself on being a find you know commonality in almost anybody but definitely with very rich octogenarians Mm. i have an affinity for them (laughs) i think that that's another one that's got to be a bit of a celebrity casting although uh, it doesn't. It's, it well, doesn't feel you know, like something you. That's something you trumpet, but it's something like you should just be proud of because he's a great actor. The, I think the most famous recent one was you know Vic Reeves who played. Oh who, yeah, who, Jim, Jim Moore. Yeah, played Colin Callan in two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, with that, Moira. That role now wasn't those, great, was now, it? Now yeah, no, I don't remember liking this. Um, I think, you know, Vic Reeves is... A beloved comic and, and television host. I don't think... I don't know. Does he do much these very days? I'm not sure. Very satirical, tongue-in-cheek, sort of anti-establishment kind of a guy. Yeah, yeah, he did, like... Um, what was he on Nevermind the Buzzcocks or something like that? Um, um, so you he... know, yeah, he, Vic Reeves and Mortimer were, you know, the double act. Yeah, of the, of the mid-90s, were Very they? surrealist. Mm. Also did... Um, the Renault Clio adverts, if you remember, with Nicole Papa. Nicole. Um, so yeah, that was one of them at least. Um, I I just didn't get on with the the character of Colin, and part was... of the problem was again the storyline that he got put into, and the characters that he had to do a lot it of work felt, with. It felt very ornery and kind of itchy. You know what I mean? Like it felt like. Uh, like it's scratchy and oh it's not this doesn't, doesn't fit he doesn't gel here so his story was um he was involved in Norris and Mary's scam to make out that to make people think that they were married so that she could win a what was that around the world tour so she could go and see her Cruise? son Jude or something yeah, anyway so Norris yeah. and Mary a bit like um we had recently with um Kelly and Ardy. Yes. Pretending that they were married or trying to get married or something so they could win this competition. And Colin's the one that is um, the head sponsor of the competition. So he's just like 
playing a bit of a, a celebrity himself there. There's there's a weird st- part to the story later in the year where he thinks that Norris could actually be his dad because they share certain mannerisms or something. And I was like, what? No, that's just I, silly. That I doesn't want to work. Go back this and character watch it again. isn't charming me. I want to go back and watch it again because I'm not sure. I mean, this is the trouble, okay? I, I like Rick, Vic Reeves. I don't think I ever disliked him. But sometimes it feels like you think, oh yeah, and then they have an uphill... Sometimes the celebrity casting has an uphill battle to convince you that they're doing it for the right reasons. Mm. And, and and it's added baggage that is kind of not always... you're not They're not always able to overcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I was glad when he left, I have to say, but a bit of a... But, but unhappy that he took Moira with him. Although Moira uh, did come back, didn't she, a couple of months Moira. later. Moira, we were just watching some of our scenes <sighs> the other day. Moira from the um, medical centre. And just from a couple, of the, the, the Pat Freeland yeah. get to know Pat party scene. Another one in the Rovers. I'd just forgotten about, you know, I always think, oh yeah, I love Moira, but I'd kind of forgotten a bit about what she was like. Or why you liked her Why so did much. I like her? But, but she's excellent. Oh my gosh, just absolutely So funny, amazing. such natural comedic yeah, it, it timing. Did, it didn't come across as like we maybe get with Mary these, like, oh, here comes a joke or here comes a funny story about her mum. She was, she just had, she was just the perfect comedic role. Yeah. But that wasn't all about telling jokes. I think, um, you know, we often give a lot of credit just to the actors and they definitely deserve it. But the, the writing for her was yeah, just for, on for point. Yeah, for Louisa Patikas. I, I remember, because she, they kind of get together, don't they? And there was, a, there was a scene where they had this big old snog in the Rovers or the cabin, was it? And do you remember the, the Soapy Slip Ups episode? I think it was, where they had the outtake of that kiss and they were just snogging and snogging and snogging and snogging and they were like <laughs> full on. No, I don't remember that. It was, it was funny, but no, that, that really didn't work for me. But... Like you said, it was maybe a bit of an uphill battle for him. People were like Vic, Vic Reeves. He's he's a host, isn't he? Is he an actor? I don't know. I Is he, he was, an artist? Can oh. I say he he was perfectly decent, a great actor? I thought he performed. I thought he acted well. Yeah. I just I don't think, think it was it that that was felt, the problem. It didn't feel right. The story, no. like you said, a it little felt bit, like they were like, going. How can we make him in? How can we get him in the show? Or did that didn't work? Let's try this. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try this, and it just felt like mm. they were trying to ram a, a yeah. square peg. You, you can't into win a round hole. And uh, you could say. And that, he said just... he was a lifelong fan of Corey, and he said he watched the very first one, but he was not even two when it was on. So <laughs> perhaps it was a fake memory. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, what he experienced over a short period of time is what some other actors have had to contend with who go on to play bigger roles. So I want to kind of segue now. Um, just briefly into other characters that have come into the show, other actors who were well known beforehand for playing a different type of character, or you know, or just something else, being a celebrity sort. of a different ilk, and having to have this uphill battle to convince people, no, 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 I can do this, well, and yeah. I'm not the person. I do more than just what you see me as. Well, you're talking about people who've played regular characters. Yes, exactly. So Les Dennis. As is, Michael Rodwell. Yeah, playing Michael Rodwell is kind of the ultimate example of that. He used to get so much abuse on Twitter for, mm. for playing Michael and it always bothered me. It still does. I don't I don't know whether those people ruined his experience. We know Les Dennis genuinely was a Coronation Street fan for a long mm. time before he became in the show and I am 
I, it just kind of breaks my heart how cruel people were to him because I really enjoyed him as Michael Rodwell. So did you. He was super. He was. And, and, and I think one of the things that I like most about it is I was also very wary when the casting was announced because for me, like lots of other people, look at him and say, he's, he's just a game show host. Yeah. He just did Family he's Fortunes. He's not just a game show host. He is a, a very popular. Yeah, yeah, I know. But famous. these people think they can just get, you know, we don't have to say Anton Deck getting roles on, on, on programmes like this. Um, but he, in, pre, in years, a few years leading up to Coronation Street, had done other acting roles, hadn't he? And he tried to um, kind of... Um, distance himself from the game show host persona and he'd done some quite serious acting role and he has gone on to do more serious stuff since um, I think the... he was excellent he, nuanced subtle yeah the relationship that they that they struck up between him and Gail and the whole rest Very of the justice storyline so so good and and that absolutely to me shows that the, the response that he had on Twitter some of the people and the way they spoke about him or to him more more to the point just make, it's one of those moments where you just feel like you're not living in the same reality as other yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, I would never tweet at Jim Wilde, Vic Reeves, and say, yeah, you're no, rubbish no, on Coronation it's Street. Not, but... It's not that necessarily. It's more like, why are you seeing something completely different to what I'm seeing? Because oh. Michael Rodwell, Les Dennis was Michael Rod- Rodwell in that show. I just, I don't get how people can watch him and, and go, go, oh, he's not no, very good. he was, he was rubbish. brilliant. Yeah. Um, any, anyone else that kind of is in the same sort of ilk as, as that where you think they had a massive uphill who, struggle to be accepted as a different long term character the, the biggest most prominent one to me is Michelle Collins as Stella Price mm. now she the, this was this was another <laughs> thing where I feel like it dampened it it kind of like poured water on the whole idea of Michelle Collins who was a, a very popular big name in EastEnders yeah coming to take a similarly high profile role in Coronation Street. And has it has this ever happened since? Or has you know, Stella Price just ruined transitions for almost everyone? Well we also it? had Claire King coming in from Emmerdale, Claire didn't King, we? I mean And that that was yeah, a, a, a the only other person that I can really think of work. is, you know, Sally Ann Matthews who was yeah, she was bigger in Emmerdale. She was in Emmerdale. But came then back she was Corrie, originally. But she Corrie, started so. off in Corrie. Yeah. And she's done it. I, I don't remember. I don't know what the reaction to her in Emmerdale was, but she's certainly um, brilliant in, mm. in in Coronation Street. Yeah. But um, yeah, Michelle Collins, she she couldn't do the accent. Uh, you know, I can sympathise with her there. I don't know why <laughs> they decided to, to make her do the accent. There's literally no reason why somebody has to pretend to be Northern to be in Coronation Street. Yeah, I mean, um, she, she's a good actress, but this role just it didn't suit her. And it was a, a boring role, wasn't it? That's part of the problem. She was boring character. Michael Rodwell had some great stuff, partly because he was tied up in the whole Phelan story for a lot of his stint there. Whereas... You know, she was landlady, so that should mean big things, but actually they didn't have a lot for her to do and, and she just spent a lot of the time wearing beige and, and drinking cups of tea and offering really, words of advice to people in the back of the back room. I don't know if this is the case, but the vibe that I got was that everyone was intimidated by the concept of Michelle Collins and they were scared to take risks or do anything with her because they wanted to try to make her a very likable person and in in the pursuit of that they just never did anything interesting because mm. mm. they were oh you can't do this Michelle Collins 
transmission yeah. lines. But why? I don't think that's the case. I really no. don't think that that they would do that. But it that's the impression that you were left with. Yeah, I mean, you also had when she came in, it was a bit of a double whammy because you had Sue Johnston playing her mum Gloria, didn't you? And she was very famous in this country for playing. Well, firstly for playing Sheila Grant in Brookside, um, another soap that that was uh, killed off in the late nineties, I think, and then. Um, most famously, I suppose, Barbara Royal in The Royal Family, um, really beloved BBC sitcom. Um, and I thought she was good. I thought that she was okay. Now, I, I watched The Royal Family, and so I had this, you know, you I, knew, I knew who she was, but I still think she did a great job as Gloria Price. She's much better than... Than, uh, she was Stella. better than Stella. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say that I miss her in the slightest. I wasn't too... I mean, the most gutting thing about her exit was how she left with Dennis Tanner in the back of that car, and don't get me started on that. Wow, well, we won't it, then. It, it just felt like the whole of that era with Stella and Carl and, um, and, and Gloria in the Rovers, it's just best forgotten. But what came out of it that worked really well, of course, is Eva Price, who, you know, became a... She grew out of that... Um, yeah. You know, mess of the of the prices to become this 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 Coronation Street icon for a few years. So okay. Um, right. Can I move on to some some other group, groups of people? So now we rag on the casting of Sarah Harding as Janie because we say it, it doesn't make sense that you think that you can automatically translate from being a singer to being an actor. But there are three very prominent people who I think prove that you can do that and and. And those are Kim Marsh, mm. Keith Duffy, and Shane Ward. Yes, yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I'm. You're right. I've not even written Shane Ward down here. Now have Shane I, Ward, that's a really good. You uh, haven't written call. him down, but but you know, arguably not as famous perhaps as as Kim Marsh and, and Keith Duffy before. I don't know. I well, don't know. you know, I don't. I don't Britain's think so either. I'm, try, I'm trying to give you was. a break for not writing him down. Um, <laughs> now the fact that we used to. <laughs> refer to him as Shane, Shane Ward proves that he was literally famous very for a very specific reason before he appeared on yeah, Coronation for being Street. In the, in and um, you know I we never really liked Michelle that much but you cannot deny Kim Marsh's talent she, she, she did a good job she, she was, was she was a good actress I'm not the character say, was yeah, just she was oh. she was a she played an irritating character in a very irritating way yeah. Which, you know, authentic. <laughs> I think Kim Marsh is great. I think she's, you know, she's beautiful and she is talented. And Keith Duffy as well. I don't... What band is he He in? was in Boyzone. So Boyzone, massive. Yeah, late, late massive, 90s, massive. Boyzone, you know, that this was... Uh, um, this was it was boys own at the same time as the Spice Girls and, and Steps and all that lot so it was properly like my era of pop music band. my sister loved boys own what songs did they do um, well, they did quite a few cover versions like words know. and things but they also did um, oh it's only words yeah but they did oh, no picture of you uh, who a else was in boys own going gets tough Ronan Keating okay. Stephen Gately yeah some other ones <laughs> yeah so Keith Duffy was Kieran McCarthy was an old ship friend of Peter. Yeah, from the Navy. And it's really funny because they were a similar age, weren't they? But when I think of, of Kieran McCarthy, I think he's young, but mm. actually he probably would Well, he was 20 years ago I know, when he was I in know. the show. <laughs> he's like preserved in time like a, like yeah. a mosquito. In I, think, I think he was Jurassic the first Park. example that I had 
of somebody who I knew very, very well who yeah. they were from someone else from coming else, from yeah. somewhere else coming onto Coronation Street. Because that was 2002, I think he first made an appearance. And I'd been watching Corey for eight years at that point. And yeah, this is the first time that an you outsider and I was like, oh, I can't stop thinking of that as being Keith Duffy. But fair play to him. I think that although it was always there slightly in the back of my mind, he was actually very, very charming and a surprisingly good actor. I think he did a great job with all of his all of his bits with lovely Sunita and things. See, to me, because I, I, didn't, I didn't really follow boy bands and stuff, um, I never felt like it, he felt like a gimmick or... Mm. I think that's a good, a good rule of thumb is that... Do they feel gimmicky? Do you, do you think... Could you tell that they were hired because of their notoriety rather than their acting. No, mm. because I think he did a great job. I yeah. wouldn't have been able to say, if you, you know, I don't think anyone could have said, oh, I, if you put him, if you showed a scene with him in it and then you said who here was in a boy band before they were in Corrie, it would, he wouldn't have stuck out as like people saying, oh, he, he doesn't deserve to be there. He was, no. he was great. I think he was fine. And I, I, like, I, I felt that, that, Michelle, I hated the character of Michelle, but I think Kim Marsh did a good job. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Shane Ward as well. He, he was fine. I didn't mind him as a character, but obviously his exit storyline showed just what a talent that, that guy is. Um, and, and, and a bit of a, a, a bit of loss to the, to the programme and, and very, it, very memorable. But also exit. incredibly brave of him to take on something like that. Yeah. So all, all three of those in their own way showed that, yes, you can have a pop star taking on this kind of role, an acting role, and so, make it successful. But it does make me wonder whether those those three, I, can't, I don't know what the chronology of this is, did that make them think that Sarah Harding was going to... Well, possibly. I mean, Sarah Harding was always... Joan Lee's character was always ever going to be a couple of episodes, wasn't it? I don't know. But then you get some... I mean, K- Kieran, when he first came into it, he was only in it for a very, very short stint, a couple of weeks, I, I know, think. And I then just... he went away for a bit and then returned back in full time. So he must have made an impact. What I don't want is for them to just never consider anybody based on, you know, one bad example when actually... You just have to be good at acting. Yeah, I don't know who's who in the charts at the moment. If you were to give me, like, this... Yeah, exactly. The top 20 from this week and say, who's all these... Sing these songs. I wouldn't have a clue. Don't know. Who are these artists? I couldn't Probably haven't got a clue either. A number one from the last... Three years, I don't know. Three, God, that's I, I'd go by probably back ten, and it's looks really sad. It just makes me feel really old, doesn't it? Because I remember being a teenager in the late nineties, and I was like, have MTV on I the do. box on all the time, and I knew everything that was going on in pop music. And I then do. we kind of reached mid two thousands, and I just went, no, I've got no idea anymore. I do, I do recall as a, as a young, a younger person, thinking. Why wouldn't you care about this? I this know. is the most important thing there is. <laughs> and now I'm like, I don't care. I literally don't care. Well, we watched the uh, the King's Coronation concert on um, on Sunday, didn't we? And that yeah. had a mixture from across the eras. Um, Did then... it? I think it was mostly oldies. Well, it I had Ollie Murs, and I don't. Oh God, no, I recognised not... his face, Ollie but Mears I would not know any of his songs. <laughs> If Ollie Murs came into yeah, Coronation Street do? as a character, what songs does he do? I'd be like, 
I know who you are, but I won't have too many preconceptions. But honestly, most other people probably well, in the top. I mean, is he is he still relevant in the charts? I've literally got no idea. But if, you if you were to pick anyone else from the charts and say, here they are on Coronation Street, I'd be like, whatever, I, they, they, I don't know them from Adam. Well, it still didn't stop Ed Sheeran from ruining Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, any other, I've talked about the fact that, you know, Craig Charles, really well known for Red Dwarf, huge part of my childhood completely sold me on the character of Lloyd, even though he was fairly similar, kind of a, a bit of a charming ladies' man, maybe a little bit of a slob, same as Lister was. I completely could separate those two characters because I just Well, think he wasn't he was a amazing. comedic character like um, Lister was. Not in the same way, but he was kind of cheerful, wasn't he? he yeah. Could, he could raise a laugh. He was, he, he was a kind of... Yeah, he lit up at a scene. We've mentioned Maureen Lipman a few times yeah. already. Rula Lenska, another one. Um, I, I know of her. When she first came into Corrie in 2009, it's like, oh, I, I think wow, I've Rula heard... Lenska. I think I've heard of people talking about her, and that was as far as her fame went to me. Um, the same with Nigel Havers, really. Nig- yeah, Nigel Havers is... Uh... They, they went through a period about 10, 15 years ago of getting some of these, like... I put Nigel Havers, Ruler Lenska, June Whitfield, Honor Blackman. They're all of the similar kind of genre, the same sort of category, aren't they? Yeah. As people who were glamorous back in back in the seventies and eighties, and and so therefore they're going to make an interesting kind of character now. I, I don't know, but that they all work brilliantly. Can I give for me. you another good um, way of of judging whether somebody is actually a celebrity in their own right, or of if course. Um, if their if their Wikipedia page mentions Coronation Street in the initial rundown of their <laughs> life, that makes me think that they're not that famous. So Nigel Havers, I would say, is very famous, but actually no. In his Wikipedia page, you just say he's quite well known for Coronation Street. Some, but he's been in lots of other things. Some that is a thing. Like um, sometimes they, they actually really do, and and being. You know, in the middle of the Coronation Street bubble as we are, it's difficult to see. It's, does everybody else recognise him from this? Is this become one of his big roles? I hear he was famous beforehand. Is this as big as what he used to be famous for? I don't really know. I think Nigel Havers is kind of like Willa Lenska and a few other people where they're just very posh and they can, they're the go-to posho if mm. you want somebody mm. who immediately just radiates... Yeah. Privilege and wealth. Yeah. Um, another famous uh, one that did very, very well, Roy Hudd. So he'd had a massive career Completely before. the opposite of Nigel Havers. Yes. Um, so he played Archie Shuttleworth and he had a huge career on stage and screen. He was a comedian. He was... Um, music he Hall. Yeah, Music Hall. He, he was very uh, instrumental in keeping the Music Hall traditions going in, in the 20th century, at least. And, and he was, I guess, probably a bit of a celebrity casting when they got... Um, when they when they came up with the character of Archie Shuttleworth, he was obviously absolutely superb. He was a household name. Hmm. Household name. Yeah. Uh, not so much with me, so I was like, he's just Archie the other thing to me. To, but... to, to bear in mind when it comes to, especially, you know, as you go back in time, is some of these some of these celebrities are, are quite regional. Mm. So some people are going to be a lot more beloved and, and famous in the North. Than, yeah. than in the South. Yeah, well, South had Bradley Walsh. So Bradley when he Walsh, came yeah. in playing Danny Baldwin, it's like, hey, is that geezer off the telly? Um, I think that he was fairly good. I, I'm not, a, you know, I was never a huge, huge Danny Baldwin fan, but 
I think he was one that I was never completely able to shake the idea that this is just some geezer coming into Coronation Street to do a bit of a well. He a was a TV a presenter, just this, you know. He he was he did Will and Fortune in nineteen ninety seven, yeah. which was before his role in in Corrie, which started in two thousand and four. Mm. Yeah, he he was most well but known he, for that. You know, I he think he was a footballer before all of that, just oh, like uh, Gordon Ramsay. Oh uh, yeah. Um. Anyway, so that that's kind of it. I would say for celebrity Corrie cameo kind of appearances on Coronation Street. Um, but just before we finish, let's let's flip the table a little bit and look at it from another People angle. People who cut their teeth. Exactly. People who were, grew in to be famous for being much, much more famous than they ever were in Coronation Street. And I just want to say one thing that I really feel like there are, you know, there are plenty of people in Corrie now that we might end up talking about in a future, you know, t- 10, 20, 30, 40 yeah. years from now, when we're still doing the podcast, before they were famous, they were in Coronation Street because, mm. you know, there is no end of talent in the show. And, if you know, the most obvious recent example is um, Doctor Who. Millie Gibson. Millie Gibson. Yes. Who is, uh, you know, about to be catapulted into stardom. I would think so. And that's going to be like, uh, she and played a role in Curry for a few years and has got, you know, bright, bright future. Tina McIntyre, yeah. Um, oh gosh, I've forgotten her name completely. The, the girl. Michelle Keegan. And uh, you know, and Sa- Sam. The Sam. Yeah. Sam, which Sam? The Sam, Sam, little Sam. With... Judy Orden, yeah. Yeah, Judy Orden, you know. Famous for being brassic, um, but yeah, Corey has Sorry, produced. Sorry, I don't have any. No, you, 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 that's all right. We all know. Everyone Stop knows that you're not very good at remembering names. But Corey <laughs> has produced these big names like you know Sarah Lancashire. Um, yes. Um, what's the her one face? who played Karen? The one who played Karen, exactly. Saran Jones. I just need a few seconds. Well, I am nearly forty now. My memory's going. Um, oh, but yeah, nearly. Looking back to the very early days, there are some people who had tiny roles on Curry that that went on to big things. And we're and... not trying to claim that it was due to Coronation Street that they became famous. No, no, no. But we are saying that perhaps it proves that you need a certain level of intrinsic charisma and and talent <laughs> to be able to get cast at all. So we've been watching some 1961 Corrie recently and we've seen um, Davy Jones later to be in The Monkees playing Colin Lomax and he was in it for like one episode so he was Ina Sharple's grandson and he was just a bit of a scamp that wanted um, to, yeah, to, to get into the biscuit jar or something yeah. and, and Ina's trying to pump him for details about what the rest of the family are saying about her so she can decide whether to put him in the will or not. It was a, it's a complete, it was literally a one-off appearance and when the character later came into the show for another few episodes in the 70s. He was played by someone else. So, um, yeah, we, we have got a future monkey on Coronation Street. Now, I really like seeing Prunella Scales, and I mm. picked her out. I didn't realise that she was going to be in We're it. Like, Who's that? We recognise that, that face. That, I think that's Sybil. Mm. Sybil Forty from Forty Towers. Now, again, you said you haven't watched it, but she was a bus conductress, Eileen Hughes, who was fighting for Harry Hewitt's affections. There was a massive... A rush on women trying to get into Harry Hewitt's Harry, pants. Yeah, I mean, yeah, widower. Harry Hewitt, Harry Lindley, Lin- Lindley, and um, Conceptor Riley, who eventually bagged her man. Yeah. And also, um, this uh, bus conductress played by Prunella Scales, who's called Eileen. Yeah. So, she, I mean, Sybil Faulty was was a huge role for Prunella Scales. Um, but she, she did loads of stuff. She was, I liked her in, um, do you remember when she was in the Tesco adverts with um, Jane Horrocks playing Mother? 
Oh, I wish in, I in had the 90s. this kind of natural charisma and charm that all these people have. <laughs> Pat- Patricia Routledge. Another 1961, yeah. So, so she obviously she, famously plays... Is it obviously? I, d- I don't know. She, she is for me. I mean, I, I the, uh, keeping, keeping Up, up appearances, appearances was part of my childhood because they filmed it in my village. But Patricia Routledge, beloved actress, um, comedic actress, absolutely still alive in her 90s now, but back in 1961, she played cafe owner Sylvia Snape for four episodes. Um, Again, we've watched all of those recently. She was working with Doreen Lostock, wasn't she? And uh, apparently there's evidence, according to Coropedia, that Corrie wanted to keep her on as a long-term character, but but, uh, Routledge had had no particular uh, interest in committing to that. And I I thought she was great. I think she was very charming. There was some definite... um trademark mouth movements it was we got, we were so treated funny to. it did feel we like we were watching proto. it and she does a she kind of she, uh, she curls in she her curls bottom lip and sticks her, her teeth, top yeah. teeth out and it's yeah. like oh my gosh that's what patricia outledge does 40 years later in 1961 patricia outledge was still making that funny mouth movement it. it was brilliant uh, we also had a little bit later in the 60s molly sugden who played nelly harvey kind of the the rival landlady to annie walker much better known um, later on in the in the seventies for playing Mrs Slocum in um, Are You Being Served, um, and then also we had we had um, Ron um, uh, Ron Jenkins the character being played by mega award winning Hollywood actor Ben Kingsley. So Ron Jenkins he's, he's was a... like you know, I think I think um, another indicator of how famous you are is are you allowed to touch them. You can't, yeah. You can't touch Ben. Can't Kinsley. touch Ben's no, Kingsley. You wouldn't no. get anywhere near him. No, um, yeah. So he played Ron Jenkins <laughs> between nineteen sixty-seven, uh, sixty-six to sixty-seven. Handful of episodes. He has. He's got a bit of. A, he has a bit of a fling with uh, with Valerie Barlow. So nice I'm one. thinking maybe he can come back and Bring them both set back. old scores with Ken. Oh no, Val's um, dead. Yes, <laughs> um, he he said off his time in Coronation Street. Corrie takes place in Sal- Salford, and I was brought up five miles from there. It's very much in my background and my territory. So to be part of such an iconic series early on in my career was wonderful. We had great writers and extraordinary directors. It was like live theatre. We ran from one part of the studio to the other to keep the tapes rolling. Quite marvellous. And he has actually said that he would go back and have a pint in the Rovers. So uh, Ian McLeod, if you're listening to that, just a little reminder... I'm sure he's not too busy, is he, Ben Kingsley? I don't know what he's up to at the moment, <laughs> but how could this be any less important? Patrick Stewart. Now, for me, I don't know Ben Kingsley. I, I know what he looks like and everything. I don't think I've seen him in, in much. But Patrick Stewart, obviously super famous, went on to play um, Jean-Luc Picard in Star Trek Still The Next Generation. He is. He's got his own little spin-off now, hasn't he? So he played a <laughs> fire um, officer in 1967 after Dennis Tanner um, accidentally sets fire to um, Len's house. And he comes in and he does have a bit of a northern accent. But he, he's he's from Yorkshire, isn't he? He's a, yes, he's a Yorkshire, Yorkshire lad. Yeah. Um, d- um, Proud Yorkshireman. Uh, Patrick Stewart, and so, yeah. And so he should be. I want... Um, I know I know that Sam McKellen's already been in it, but I would love to have... Because we know Patrick Stewart um, and, and Ian McKellen have a, have a bit of a little... Uh, bromance. A bromance going on. I want to see them appear. I want them to be playing the same characters, Mel Hutchwright and... Anonymous fire officer. No, it's for some be, reason no. getting back together. D- brand new characters and make them the first gay wedding of Coronation <laughs> Street. Well, that would be. I mean, I know Patrick Stewart is is um is uh, not gay, but uh, so what? No way. But he's still a gay icon. <laughs> no way could 
um, Sarah Ian McKellen come back into a second role on Coronation Why? Street. Although, you know, I might have said that about Maureen Lippman. So you true, never know. Um, other other before they were famous is Bill Kenwright um, goes on to be a huge, huge name in musical theatre, doesn't he? He did Blood Brothers. He did a national tour with Joseph as a, as a, as a producer. Um, he was also now chairman of Everton Football Club. But back in the 1960s and then in sporadic appearances afterwards, he played um, Betty Turpin's son. Um, uh, oh, gosh, Gordon. Well, Gordon Clegg, because it's a bit of a muddled story, isn't it? It was supposed to... He came in as... Maggie Clegg's son and Maggie was Betty's sister and then it's like a so oh, so uh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, etc. Um, so, one of my favourites. Yeah. Are you gonna eat down? No, yeah, I'm just roll, reeling them off now. One of my favourites is Lummers, Joanna Lumley. Yeah. Who played Elaine Perkins in 1973? We spoke Bit about her quite a few times. And, goes on to and huge things. The, the, the only reason we even have Martha as a character is because she was supposed to return yeah. to to um, to play Elaine again, and yeah. uh, she couldn't. So mm. they asked Stephanie Beecham. But if Joanna Lumley is still up for it, I would love Lummers to come back. She did. She did the sixty. She did the sixty. The sixty. So oh, we yeah, know I mean, that Stephanie she's... Beecham is another, I guess, character celebrity casting that we yeah. didn't mention earlier. Michael Ball. Now he's very famous another singer yeah he played um, a tennis coach called Malcolm in 1985 he had a couple of episodes there and uh, also one one close to my heart Melanie B Scary Spice herself Mm. who was actually I'm gonna say still fairly relevant you know 25 years on from the Spice Girls and she went you know once once they split up and everything she completely disappeared but she really made a name for herself in um, like was it America's Got Talent and, and things judge, like that yeah. Dancing with the Stars um, so she played a checkout girl in Coronation Street I think it was a non-speaking checkout girl in 92, 93 around about that so just a few years before she hit the big time with the Spice Girls but then the other my other fa- funny um, sort of favourite bit of Melanie B on Corrie Trivia was that she was like the body double for Andy McDonald's girlfriend, Amy Nelson, when she made her final appearance on the show in 1993. There's a really sad story there. The the original actress to play Amy, um, Louise Dupre, had just a mega nervous breakdown with the pressures of fame. And she was, she was only in 25 episodes, but she couldn't cope with it. And so the character had to be quickly removed I mean the, the idea was going to be that Andy and Amy were going to be Corrie's first mixed race wedding but the actress wanted to leave couldn't appear anymore so her final scene the character's final scene was snuggling up to Andy McDonald in a darkened room but this time she was played by Mel B <laughs> and, the, and the camera just didn't really focus on her um but also, I mean, Mel B, she went on and did other stuff with Corrie, didn't she? Like, she was... Um, she was key... ambassador for women's aid. Yeah, after her abusive relationship. About um, Jeff's story, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this original girl, um, actress, Louise Dupre, she ended up being found dead... Um, what? Ten years later or so. She That's just terrible. She didn't get over her mental health issues. It's it's really sad, like, her body was found and it had been left for no. weeks and stuff. But, um... So that, that, that's, that's really kind of sad. sad Why did you say that? Well, I just... Story. that's part of the story it's, it's hard story. so that's yeah so th- those are some before they were famous and, and like you never know there could be some actors now said. who've you know not even are playing notable characters somebody now. just bobs in and out like um anthony cotton's mum yeah you know in 30 years time it's anthony cotton's mum incredibly famous (laughs) no there could be loads of people who are just like one-off characters now that you don't even pay any attention to that in 50 years time maybe not 50 we'll say remember them they played random 
police officer. They played racist policemen. <laughs> they played Pedo Van Man in Combination <laughs> Street. I pick, and I'll say I picked up, I picked him out you all did, those years ago. Out, I knew yeah. that they were going to do more, yeah. bigger and better things. But even like, um, <laughs> who is it? What? Oh gosh, um, there's there's a character the uh, the one who played um, the Morton girl, um, Kayla see. Morton, who went on to do something huge, I don't didn't know. she? I know, I just sprung. I mean, that one Maddie, on you. the girl who played Maddie, was in a, a yeah, Amy Kelly. She but went that's on just to an big actor things. doing an acting you, you, job. Yeah, can you just talk well, about a few other things while other I just try and find who I'm who talking are about? Celebrities have said that they like Coronation Street. Oh right, so just in case Corey wants any extra, if Corey's listening and they want to cast some people, I mean, we all know Snoop Dogg's been dying to get in the show. Well, yes, this has for, been recent for years. Recent news recently, hasn't um, it? I don't know why he wasn't in the sixty for sixty, but he says he likes watching the show. Bob. Dylan, who is a famous person who does music, and uh, we we know all about him, and he's one of our favourite musical performers. Um, um, he likes watching Corrie. He did an interview where he talked about about his love of Coronation Street, and Ian McLeod said, to hear that Bob Dylan is a Coronation Street viewer blows my mind. I would absolutely love the idea of him turning up in the Rover's Return one, one night. Now, that would be something to tune in for, wouldn't it? Anthony Hopkins... Um, Everyone's favourite Welsh actor. I found this actor. person now, and I don't know whether I'm talking about the right person. Did Jessica Barden go on to do things? She played Kaylee Morton. They all do acting, Michael. I think there's this. There was another Netflix thing. I'm sure. Well, let's move on. Anyway, Anthony I'm just showing my ignorance here. Oh yes, Academy Anthony Award Hopkins. Winner. Um, He's talked a few times about wanting to be on Coronation Street. He even was quoted as saying, life isn't worth living if I miss an episode. I think he's retired now. And also, I have to say, I do do question some of these, um, especially Bob Dylan and Anthony Hopkins. I'm not going to say that they're old fuddy-duddies, but I do think that they're, they're getting on in years and perhaps... Modern Coronation Street is not quite their cup of tea, but I would love to be proven wrong. I wouldn't like it to be like a Norman Wisdom sort of appearance that's all hyped up, but then they, they turn no, up well, and it's I... like, oh, they're just a little bit past it. No, it's not that. I'm thinking of... Um... Who played? Who played? Go on, you can do it. You can do it. Just looking, where are you pointing on her wall? Patricia Phoenix. No, who played her? Who? Uh, Hilda Ogden. Jean yeah. Alexander. Jean Alexander. Like, she used Sacrilege. to say... I'm sorry I don't remember names. <laughs> why on. do you always make fun of me? I didn't. I literally don't have the memory. I don't <laughs> understand why, and I'm sorry that it's a failing. It's you all know I know who she is. Yeah. I can't remember names. She famously said she didn't watch it anymore because she thought it was a load of crap. <laughs> Direct quote there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, does Bob Dylan... Do Bob Dylan and Anthony Hopkins watch Modern Corrie? I know, I'm not this, sure. this is the thing, you yeah. Know, and does Anthony Cop- Hopkins have three hours a week? Do status quo still watch it? Don't know. Schedule their concerts according to when Corrie's going to be on. Morrissey, you know, he apparently set up, sent off a, a script in the 70s because yeah, he, he enjoyed Corrie. watching it so much. And, you know, we've mentioned a few times the Corrie 60 for 60, which was their online social media drive to celebrate the 60th anniversary which Michael took part in on behalf of us and uh, there are quite a few people in here who I think if Coronation Street said would you like to be in the show would definitely go for it for example Jason Manfield I think Manford Manford has he not been in it I I don't don't think he's been in it he could be good he's he might be a bit um Paddy McGuinness for me though I'm not I'm not sure um John Thompson's another comedian I think is he I don't even know who he is I think you'd recognise him if I showed you a picture. Yeah. Um, and he uh, he did a, a 60 for 60. Um, 
Here's the far, in the fast um, show. Uh, and behave- he's a man behaving badly. Oh, no, okay. he is. Okay. Um, Russell T. Davis. Now, he's written for Corey, so. Yes. Um, he's not a performer, so can't do that. Alan Titchmarsh. Right. Alan Titchmarsh could definitely do a Lorraine Kelly esque cameo. Yeah, I reckon somebody, yeah, like Avrita swooning over him or something. John Bradley, who played Samuel Tarly in Game of Thrones. He's, Absolutely. He was in, he's done a, he was in a movie, wasn't he, not that long ago. But don't know what he's doing now. So well, we've had three comedies. He just had Michael Condren playing um, Griff, who was in Game of Thrones as well, wasn't he? Also on Castle Black. So um, yeah, Corey's ripe for some ex Game of Thrones actors if they want to, uh, you know, come come back to earth with that. What about William Shatner? He did he, he do a sixty? Yes, for he 60? did. He really. He, uh, this is like. This well, is maybe get him on with Patrick Stewart's uh, in in a comeback. See, this is. I know that. When Neighbours finished, they did their, you know, their final episode where they had um, lots of ex-cast members involving themselves or sending videos in. And some of those people have gone on to get incredible amounts of fame. Um, So I just wonder whether Coronation Street, if if it ever, God forbid, God forbid, ever ended, would the final episode just be like no Coronation Street actors, just famous people who've loved the show? Certainly hope not. There's lots of opportunity. Matt Goss, uh, 80s heartthrob. Hacker T Dog. Now, not sure whether he could could do a cameo, but... um... Hacker T Dog could... um, Famous television puppet... Um, could absolutely be a Lorraine Kelly style cameo, I think. Dizzy Rascal, he's the one that did that song Bonkers. Uh, Some people think I'm uh, bonkers, but I. Uh, Matt Lucas. Don't fancy that. He kind of ruined Doctor Who a little bit. Um, don't fancy him in Curry. Perhaps he's been burned. Um, Vicky McClure, though. From Line of Duty. Oh, she said that she would. Didn't, didn't she say that she might be shown a sister, or didn't Julia Golding say that? She wanted ah. Vicky McClure to be her sister. Well, I mean, we the had... stars are aligning there. There was there's there's thing in that. We had Bernie and her counterpart. Fern oh yeah, fun. Yeah, played play. by Gabby like yeah. She'd already been in Corrie before, so it doesn't really count. I think yeah, definitely get Vicky McClure on. Everyone loves Line of Duty, don't they? She'd be fab. Yeah, and that you know there are other you know um, stories about different celebrities who have mentioned before that they like um coronation street i think my favorite one is definitely the incongruousness of, of snoop dogg saying that he watches uh coronation street and it is one of those examples where i just think i'm not sure you know <laughs> i don't think you know what it is we got i mean there's a few um will dead... i am apparently um oh, yeah he's, he's filmed a music video in the rovers there's a couple of dead celebrities like um george michael was a big curry fan i think and um, david bowie as well Sean Ryder. Nah. Nah. Don't. He wanted to, to be... Uh, he, he suggested that he... Uh, Kim Marsh suggested he could play Carla Connor's brother. I fancy that. Thank Not you very much. sure if he looks like a Connor. No. Or even whatever she used to be. But <laughs> there you go. So, so that's, that's kind of it, isn't it? Qu- quite like them as a novelty. But can sometimes be difficult Did, to stop thinking, oh, that's so-and-so. Unless does, they really do a brilliant job. It's one of those things where... It kind of validates your love of, of Coronation Street to, to think that somebody wants to cameo in it or, mm. you know, yeah. which which oh, always makes me wonder whether really does it devalue the idea of, of soap stars? I don't know. But write in and let us know. Do you have any celebrity um, uh, cameo ideas or anybody that yeah, you think... Yeah, who are your favourites? I mean, I, I, I for me, the, 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 tri- the trio of Syrian McKellen... Peter Kay 
Andrew Sachs. That is the high point of Corrie's okay. celebrity casting. Can't beat that. For, for, for cameos, at least. Should they do more where they have people just ordering a pint in the background? Um, I love it. I think that's great. I think it's probably a massive hassle and a bit of a ball ache, especially these days when everything's so quick, quick, quick. You, you can't indulge somebody, you know. It felt that when they were doing that, it was all around the same kind yeah. of era, like the late... Like 2009, 10, 11, that, that kind of time that they was like, oh, I know what we can do. Let's get, let's get some famous celebs in. I don't know. It, it comes, it just feels a little bit tacky to me, but you know, <gasps> it makes them happy to say that they've been in it. No, I don't think it's tacky at all. I think it's wonderful. I love that idea. I just love the idea of, you know, especially Cliff Richard. Like, you can't even, you don't even know who's in it. You can't even see it. Let them be in it, but don't tell us they are in it until like a year later. And then they can say, did you know that... That was actually that, Adele. I can't... Yeah, that Adele was actually no, having her haircut in the background at Trim Up that North. Go back and watch it and you can see you can see her shoulder and it's definitely her. I'll tell you who would be good, um, a good person to get his haircut in Trim Up North. Mm. Rylan. Oh, gosh, Rylan. I like Rylan. Um, I just... I don't know many what celebrities. What about Sam Ryder? So. Sam Ryder's name is on, is on the precinct... Uh, oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Famous, famous Eurovision song contest. I'm going to say winner. Right. We all know that I we think won. I think that nearly two hours after we started this podcast, I did not intend to be quite so long. Here's the thing. I think we're done. Here's the thing. In oh, like ten years time, are they going to be like? Did you know? Famous double act, an Academy Award winner, and Tony Award winner, Emmy Award winner. Mm-hmm. What other music's a oh, Brit Award winner? Mm-hmm. For just being amazing. Yeah. Michael and Gemma. Oh, and, and did, multi, you must doubt multi-millionaire there. Did a podcast about Coronation Only City took them 11, 11 years, years to do a Corrie before podcast they, before you know, they were plucked. Before people realised how awesome they were and they just paid them for turning up to things. Yeah. They did that for free for 11 yeah. years. And it's always weird how when Gemma does her talking head, she's always wearing a bag. Because she doesn't want to appear Going, on camera. I'm gonna have to, I have to get, do this quick because I'm actually suffocating. So you can get AI to do a do a representation Who? of you. AI. <sighs> We're all going to be out. AI, Gemma. Right. right, I'm done. We need to have our tea. We still haven't watched last night's Coronation Street. We well, need we've to got upload a hot this. Pot in the oven. We are having a Betty's hot pot for tea we tonight. Are. I mean, it's a very hot day, but I think it's you know, colder now. Can't say. I no only to put a nice it in. Bit I only Lancashire hot pot. Did it because it was supposed to be thunderstorms. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I hope you found that interesting. I suppose if you're still listening two hours later, you you, you enjoyed it somewhat. Um, I enjoyed having a chat about that. Nice to, to go. We, those, those are all characters that we have talked about, or well, quite a lot of them are characters we talked about on and off on Coronation Street. It's just nice to have them all together in one place, isn't it? So um, we'll be back at the weekend with a normal podcast. Um, until then, goodbye from me. Goodbye from Gemma. Say goodbye. Bye. And the music for this episode came from PodcastThemes.com. Oh, 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 oh,